from days of long ago. From uncharted regions of the universe comes a legend. Star Joe's podcast episode 265 the book of Star Joe's I'm your host Ryan and I'm John and I'm Grub and welcome back everyone hey I didn't even we didn't even talk about the order we we're gonna go in and you guys just remember what order to go in it's just it just works out so <laughs> low man on the totem pole here so <laughs> I, I want to point out to everyone listening this is two episodes not only in a row it's two in a year right there <laughs> I mean so and we're early in the year too so and we're early in the year, <laughs> so there's still chances for more episodes. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Um, and and speaking of more episodes, uh, so I had of course invited everybody like I normally do, and Anthony uh, last time because it was so early, uh, he wasn't there to take care of the kids, so that didn't go over so well in the family. <laughs> So, um, so I was like, well, we're going to do the episode at seven again this time. And I says in the future, you and I will plan an episode that'll be later in the evening. So, uh, so that should mean more Star Joe's episodes for everybody. <laughs> Cause I still plan on doing the earlier episodes with you guys. And, uh, and who knows, we might still get a episode here and there with Robert, maybe Chuck at some point. I don't know. I invite him every time. I don't know what, what what's happening with him. So, I mean, I know what's happening to him because I talk to him every day, but I don't know why he's not coming on episodes. So, um, but other than that, uh, a lot has happened as far as the entertainment world. And to give people an idea what we're going to talk about today, uh, we are going to talk about the book of Boba Fett. Uh, we'll talk about the entire season. Uh, and we're going to talk about some, uh, some Joe stuff. And then I know Grub, you want to uh, talk about some the the opening of uh, the Galact is it the Galactic Cruiser? Is that what it's called? This Galactic, the Star Wars Galactic Star Cruiser. Star Cruiser, yeah. Yeah. So those who don't know, it's it's the Star Wars themed hotel that Disney is. Literally, the day we are recording this is the first official opening day of it. Yeah, yeah, and there's been. Uh, 
the I know it was like a, a couple days ago, I think it was, is when the media was allowed to finally... Uh, yeah, it was, uh, I want to say it was Friday, the... Okay, a few days ago. Okay. Yeah, a couple of days ago. Yeah. It was when the media embargo dropped on it, so... Okay, cool. Um, so we'll talk a bit about that as well. Uh, other than that, uh, what's, what's, I mean, not a lot's been going on for me. I'll, uh, real quick, uh, Joel is finishing up the last two pages of the story for Stealth Hammer. So once those are done, those go to the colorist. The colorist, Lewis, he's been doing an amazing job. And if you didn't know this, I didn't realize this when I, uh, hired him, but he is the colorist for the G.I. Joe Saturday morning cartoon ep, uh, miniseries that's going on right now. So uh, it was very cool to see his name pop in there. I was like, hey, I worked that, with that guy. <laughs> so, uh, and that comic is fantastic. I am telling you right now, there will be a Star Joe's episode where I cover the first issue of that from cover to cover, because it was phenomenal. Um, and that, that sucker sold out around here. Like, Yes. I went to three different comic stores, could not find Within days of it being released, I could not find a copy of it because it was sold out everywhere. And you are not the only one. I've heard that from a lot of people. So, um, you know, hey, little, too, <laughs> too little too late, I guess, in the sense for IDW, it's, you know, with it being their last year of having the property. But I'm still thrilled to get something awesome that is G.I. Joe. Um, and uh, if you're able to track down an issue, I highly recommend it because it is... If you enjoyed the cartoon at all, it is a perfect fitting tribute to the cartoon. Like, it's just in every way. And like I said, I'll talk about that issue in a future episode. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so, uh, it was cool to see his name on there. Uh, he is finishing up the coloring and then everything will go to Dave Sharp, my letterer, and he will get all the words in there and format it so I can send it to the printer. We are still on pace to get everything to the printer end of March, beginning of April. So, uh, so everything so far, fingers crossed, is still going according to plan. So I was, I'm very happy about that. Uh, we've had a few hurdles, but nothing we haven't been able to overcome just yet. So, and, uh, knock on wood, that will still be the case. So, uh, other than that, uh, what has been going on for you guys? Whatever, whatever you want to talk about before we start diving into the material. Can't say anything interesting. <laughs> I mean, it was just a couple weeks ago we were on, and yeah, yeah, you know, the world's gone to an interesting place at the moment. But outside <laughs> of that, uh, yeah, you know, not much happened on my end. I'm in my Star Joe's bunker, so well, hopefully you won't need that, <laughs> right? So, John, how are you doing? Do I'm doing, and looking forward. I get to see Grub in a few weeks. Nice. The uh, Richmond Galaxy Con is on. And two weeks we will be there. Uh, yeah, like the 19th or 20th of the month. And, uh, yeah, if you're out there and you're coming to the show, let us know. Love to say hello. But yeah, it'll be nice. I haven't been to a con and I don't remember when I went to a card show, if that counts. Sure. Weeks ago. How was weeks that? Ago. Uh, it was, it was cool. I've never been to one. Yeah. It was kind of overwhelming. There were a lot of wrestling cards and, uh, yeah, it was, uh, Everybody was very nice, and I saw some really neat stuff. Yeah. I'll go back. They do it once a month. That was uh, it's a little hotel show, all different kinds of cool stuff. But, yeah, like I said, uh, really looking forward to GalaxyCon. And, yeah. yeah, Grub and I, we talked about the fact that we haven't seen each other. It's been two years. Yeah, yeah. And uh, 
it'd be it'll, it's gonna be fun. Yeah, it's for sure. Fun. Well, and I would like, imagine like a, a a card convention is like anything else where it's like there. <laughs> There's people that know their stuff and there's like, it's like entering a whole new world that you've, you know, only have seen from the outside. Like, I feel like that's the way it is for people like that I interact with when it comes to comics is like people I work with and stuff like that. Most of them are like, oh yeah, comics, that's cool. Like it's, you know, bam, pow, whiff, you know, that type of stuff. You take them to a convention and like, whoa, wait, this is a whole different level. So I can imagine that a card convention's probably the same Well, and, and I'll tell you what's funny. It reminded me a lot of a comic, not not a pop culture show, but an old school comic book hotel show. Okay. In that card, the card show, all the, what I would call old guys dealing old time baseball cards, you know, like literally stuff from the teens on, yeah. and, you know, like through the seventies and eighties, they were all in the back by themselves. Okay. It was funny. Like they were, it would be set up just like you think about the, some of the older guys that uh, have been doing this for 40 and 50 years back in the corner. That's what they were doing. Okay. And I thought that was kind of comical that, that, that it was set up almost how you would see an old hotel. Yeah. That's con. awesome. And, uh, yeah, but no, like I said, it was, uh, it was, it was interesting. There were all kinds of every kind of sport imaginable and pops. There was pops, which surprised me. That was it. No other toys, nothing like that. But but pops, pops are everywhere. <laughs> pops are everywhere, and, and they were, I think, primarily sports related. Makes sense. Yeah. But yeah, uh, like I said, it's it's something that they do at the hotel, literally five minutes from the house. They do it once a month. So I will be there. Uh, actually, like next uh, two, it's the week before Galaxy. So I'll be at that show too. Oh, very cool. We'll hang out for a little bit. Sounds cool. There's a. Uh, there's an organization called, I think it's CSA, um, that does a bunch of, they used to do them, I think, three to four times a year out near Dulles Airport in Northern Virginia in Chantilly. But it was a, uh, their sports memorabilia shows. Yeah. That will bring in, I think they do it usually Saturday, Sunday, and maybe on a Friday. But they will bring in like 50 sports stars. I mean, we're talking NFL baseball, soccer, um, uh, any kind of sport you can think of, act, college guys, um, active players, retired players. Um, but the same thing is, is there is a crap ton of memory. And, you know, it's, it's almost all sports related. You occasionally get some of the other stuff. I mean, a lot of cards, pops, helmets, <laughs> jerseys, yeah. boxing gloves, um, and then occasionally they'll bring it, they'll bring in like one or two quote unquote movie stars. Okay. Um, but it is a, it's an interesting vibe. It is a very, cause it's funny, like for, I feel like for forever, it's been okay to be geeky about your sports in this, in the United States. Yeah. But it's not okay to be geeky about anything else. And the reality is there's no difference. No. God, no. You no. Know, the, the only difference is, especially if your NFL is a bunch of, you know, I don't want to say roided out, but very large men slamming into each other at high speed <laughs> in tight clothing. You know, it's like I've seen that at some comic conventions. So <laughs> <laughs> I hope not to see that at comic conventions. Um, but it was basically just you take the people that you think would be into this stuff, and that's who's there. Right? Yeah, yeah. Because uh, I usually go with a friend of mine who's a big time uh, Denver Broncos fan, uh, so he likes to get every Denver Broncos autograph he can get. Um, so it's just, it's a, they're very interesting vibes if you're into sports. Yeah. So very cool. 
All right, so uh, so we're going to talk some uh, some book of Boba Fett to kick things off. You know, start with the lighter topic first. <laughs> um, so uh, yeah, we're going to uh, go over uh, the entire book of Boba Fett. So if you've not watched it at this point, uh, there is going to be complete spoilers. We're not holding back on anything. Uh, we're going to talk about every single episode. Um, you know, whatever we want to talk about, I'm not, we're not going in super great detail with things other than the things we want to talk about from each episode. So, uh, but we, we're not holding back. So again, if you haven't watched it and you don't want to be spoiled at this point, uh, pause the episode, go watch it and come back. Um, but I wanted to get your guys overall impression, uh, not necessarily mentioning specifics in the episodes and stuff like that or in the series. Um, because we'll, we'll get into all of that, but as far as just your overall impression of the, of this particular series, like what were your thoughts, like what'd you think about it and stuff like that? Um, John, if you want to kick that off. I told somebody that watching that show, particularly those that were directed by Robert Rodriguez, that in one moment you would remember that he directed El Mariachi. (laughs) Yes. And in the next minute you would remember that he directed Spy Kids. Yes. An incredibly uneven series. Yeah. It had more fun for me than, or more good than bad. Sure. It was not great. Sure. It was entertaining. It was fan service to the nth degree, which I don't have a problem with because that's okay. We have talked many times on this show that The Mandalorian brought me back to a love of live action Star Wars, which I did not think I would get again. Sure. This helped. Uh, again, it was far from perfect, but it was fun. Yeah. It had its moments. I don't need to go watch it again immediately, but I was entertained. And to me, at the end of the day, that's the most important thing. I know a lot. It was much more divisive, I mm. think, than Mandalorian feels like. Yeah. And that's okay. Uh, you know, not all of them are going to hit it out of the park, but like I said, I go back to that Spy Kids and El Mariachi. <laughs> done by the same guy and you have to kind of remember that as you're watching yeah and there's very specific moments <laughs> that that i'm sure we'll get there into are that very specific moments <laughs> where you think that for both very of them. Specific. <laughs> it did it did have probably the coolest one of the one of the episodes which we break them down a little bit more yeah one of the opening scenes is probably the coolest star wars thing ever for me okay so you know okay. I, yeah yeah we'll get into that uh grub how about for you Oh boy. Um, it is no secret that I have never really been a fan of the character of Boba Fett. This show, when it was good, it was good. And it was, when it was bad, it was bad. Uh, and I do think at the end of the season, the good eh, probably did outweigh the bad. But there were parts of the show that were incredibly difficult for me to watch. Gotcha. It, it just—I don't know how to describe it beyond. There were some things that really just—I was like, "This is fucking crap." Like, I can't. I was really, especially I, about the first half of the season, I struggled hard. I, guys, get, you remember? I was ready to turn it off at one point. Yeah, I was yeah. so angry. It made me, it was so, it got so stupid and silly. Yeah. It's like, this is, this is not what I wanted at all, but I was right. ready to turn it off. And you said, no, no, give it a little. And I did, I gave it a little bit of time. It got better. Yeah. Um, it, but don't get me, there were some 
incredibly cool things in this series. Yeah. Um, but the uh, other parts were just, my God, I, I can't, this is, I don't know if I can ever watch this show again. Okay. Um, as of some parts, just, I'm like, nope, nope, nope. Uh, I understand, like, I look at, you know, I watch people's reactions on, on Facebook and things, and I'm like, I don't know if I'm watching the same show these people are watching. <laughs> okay. uh, because, I, I don't know, but the, like I said, I think the good ultimately outweighed the bad, but there was a lot of bad. So, yeah. well, especially well, yeah. at the beginning. Well, yeah, we'll dive into that. Um, yeah, I mean, you guys pretty much echo, you know, my set or, you know, have said what my sentiments are as well. Um, and like overall, I, I would think I probably out of the three of us, I'm probably the, the most forgiving when it comes to Star Wars. Um, as far as just like, yeah, okay, that's not good, but I, I can live with it probably <laughs> more so than, than for both of you. Um, especially when it comes to Boba Fett, uh, for Eric. I know Eric, you can be very forgiving when it comes to Star Wars, but I know Boba Fett may be a different story. <laughs> um, it's, it's not, this I think was honestly the first time I have in my entire life struggled with something Star Wars that I was like, I can't, I, I just, I can't. Gotcha. So, um, but yeah, I mean, there's, there's definitely fine. It's like, I don't, I don't fault people, but yeah, no, there's definitely moments in this that I was like, Oh, okay. No. (laughs) Um, but there was definitely a lot of moments that were amazing. And, and like, I think both of you mentioned like the, the second half much more than the first half, uh, were those moments. Although there's definitely an episode in the first half that I was like, just awestruck with. Um, and, uh, yeah, at the end, definitely the, the good outweighed the bad. Uh, John, you mentioned like, you know, not rushing to rewatch it. I would say the last two or three episodes I, I could rush to rewatch. I don't need to rush to rewatch the whole thing again, but you know, those last few episodes that were definitely something like I could see turning on again very soon and, and rewatching those last three, um, it's, I have found from just watching people's reactions, uh, like you were mentioning, Rep, like, I have found for the most part, it seems like a lot of people that binge watched it enjoyed it more than people that were watching it week to week. Overall. Um, because I had a lot of friends that said, oh, I'm waiting until it's all out and then I'm just gonna sit and watch all of it. And they seem to like a lot of the stuff more than the people that were watching it week to week. Um, and, and maybe it's cause we had more time to, to scrutinize it because you had a whole week to really think about that episode. Um, and you could just focus on that one episode where they were just watching it all the way through. So I don't know if that helped. I would like it if Disney, I know they're not going to, and I understand why they're not going to, but it, I think it could benefit Disney to, on certain types of shows to just release them all at once. But I know they're not going to do that, um, for multiple reasons. So um, but yeah, I, it was good. I really think it could have been called, and we'll get into all this as we go along, but I, th- I think it could have been called the Mandalorian 2.5, the book of Boba Fett, because <laughs> essentially that's what it turned into. Um, I don't think you can really watch this without having watched the Mandalorian, uh, for so many different reasons that we'll get into. 
but yeah, overall, I really enjoyed it. I did not enjoy it as much as I enjoyed the season, the two seasons of The Mandalorian before it, but I still enjoyed a lot of it. So, um, with that being said, uh, we'll, we'll just dive right in. So, uh, I do have a summary for each episode, uh, as I mentioned to the guys, and I may have mentioned it earlier in the episode. These are by no means the lengthy, uh, summaries of, uh, from the animated episodes. So this is just some summaries that were, I found on Wikipedia and it just kind of hits some, uh, all the highlights and just to kind of refresh everyone on what happens in the episodes and then we can dive in into all of them. So, uh, so I'm going to read through this really quick. Uh, so chapter one was Stranger in a Strange Land. Uh, Boba Fett escapes from the Sarlacc that swallowed him and is left for dead by the Jawas who steal his armor. He is captured by Tusken Raiders and uh, fails to escape their camp. Five years later, Fett and Fennec Shand have taken control of Jabba's criminal empire in Tatooine. They receive tribute from local dignitaries and gain the services of two Gamorrean guards. Fett and Shand visit the Sanctuary, a cantina in Mos Espa, run by Garza Fwip. Outside the cantina, the group is ambushed by assassins, whom they fight off. Shand captures one of them after uh, pursuing them across the rooftops. The guards take an injured Fett to the palace and place him in the back to tank for, for healing. Fett remembers his time with the Tuscans, and he and a Rodian prisoner were forced to dig for black melons in the desert until they were attacked by a large sand creature that killed the Rodian. And Fett killed the creature, saved a Tuscan child, and earned the respect of the tribe's chieftain. So that was everything in the first episode. Have at it. <laughs> I, I've wondered. Uh, I didn't realize that they actually had a, you know, five years later situation. I mean, I knew it had to have been years later. Yeah. Um, but if my my one real question, I think mostly with that episode was, how long had that stormtrooper been in there in the Sarlacc? And how did it still have air? So I was just like, I'm confused by this. So my thought was because of what we see when he comes out was that this wasn't long after the battle happened. Yeah, that's I, I, I mean, I have to assume he couldn't have been in there very long because, you know, he would have been eaten apart way worse than that. So, yeah, but. Well, there was also like smoke and everything when he when he ends up pulling himself out. There was still like oh, smoke in the background and stuff like that. So I assume that's from the sail barge still burning. Yeah, because um, I I assumed like there, that was one of the things for the show that I thought they would have to do was okay. I don't necessarily see to him crawl out per se, but it is nice to know how he, yeah. he got out, and now we know yeah. flame throwing the shit out of the thing. Yeah, I think the five years later thing is because of. Um, uh, it was noted that the Mandalorian took place five years later. So after Return mm-hmm. of the Jedi, so it's still that time yeah. place. So I, I did have a question, and Grub, you you are the sage amongst us. <laughs> what was with the tube? Like I've never stormtroopers have oxygen tanks, or what? What was? I didn't understand they have, that. They have filters. Like there is stuff in the in the that that they have that you know, when they breathe in, but I don't, I'm not aware of the standard stormtrooper having an oxygen supply. Would there be um, anything with this it being a sand trooper or anything like that? But I mean, maybe if you like, cause I didn't see a backpack, right? 
so maybe attached to the backpack, but I would assume too that sand troopers might have some kind of internal cooling system because yeah. it's hot as shit in the desert. Yeah. Um, that's all I can assume. I, I don't know because I, you know, maybe they do have a limited oxygen supply that's only good for maybe say 15 minutes or something. Yeah. But it's not something I don't recall having, you know, because they do have like stormtroopers who can, work in space as it were. So there, it, it, there must be something there, but I just, I don't know what it is. Yeah. The thing I was most confused about was like when they, uh, when we get the flashback and he's, uh, being taken by the Tuscans, like what, what was their end goal? Like, you know, you take a Rodian and, and this guy and you're taking him back to camp. Like, was it just to have like slave labor to, to, dig up these melons for you. Like, I just don't know what their, what the end goal of the Tuscans was as far as having these prisoners. I assumed it was labor. Yeah. Free labor. Yeah. The creature was cool. Looked like, wasn't that the one that looked kind of like, uh, um, uh, from clash of the Titans and stuff like that. It was, uh, looked like, uh, the Kraken almost. Yeah. I wasn't real big on the creature. I thought it was odd. <laughs> You know, okay. So he garroted the thing. All right, cool. Yeah. <laughs> it just reminded me, like I said, it reminded me of Clash of the Titans. I was like, oh, that's kind of cool. So, uh, I mean, honestly, my favorite parts of the the first three episodes or so are all the flashbacks. Yeah. So. Well, and they definitely went heavy with the flashbacks from one of the episodes. So, um, I like the Gamorrean guards, uh, although they looked awfully thin, like they hadn't eaten for a while. <laughs> Yeah, and they don't have any armor or anything. They do look a lot, a lot different. Yeah, for sure. I think they just look thinner because, I, you know, people are like, oh, they they don't look right. They don't look right. And I'm like, well, maybe the ones that you saw in Jabba's palace have gotten fat and lazy. Yeah, yeah. that's a good point. You know? Yeah, and these are just younger guys that have more to prove or what have you. Yeah, I I remember when they added when they were in when they were fighting on Mandalorian. I thought that was so bad, badass that yeah. when they were in those cage fights or whatever. So oh, it yeah, was cool yeah. that the Brought those guys in. And I think we talked about it on text. Can I just say Jennifer Beals? Hi, Abba, man. Boy, she's still a looker. Oh, yeah. Even, even with those tendrils, man. Absolutely. Mm. No, that's that's probably many of fanboys. Uh, <laughs> it's not mine, but she's she's still a fine looking lady at, Absolutely. Uh, in her late 50s. She's she's got it going on, man. Well, and I would say even even acting wise for her, like she, you know, she had a small part, but she did what she was supposed to do, which is she commanded the room when she came up. Like she, she yeah. was the one you knew she was the one in charge. So she did a good job. So, um, all right. So, uh, going into, uh, chapter two, it was called the tribes of Tatooine. And we have Fett and Shand interrogate the captured assassin who claims to have been hired by Mok Shias. I think I'm pronouncing that right. Um, the mayor of Mos Espa. Uh, which was an Athorian. Uh, Shayas denies this, but offers payment to Fett for capturing the assassin and suggests that they visit the sanctuary again. Uh, Fwip informs Fett that two of Jabba's cousins, a pair of huts known as the twins, want to claim Jabba's throne uh, for themselves. The twins arrive with, with the Wookiee bounty hunter, Black Kersantan, uh, to try to intimidate Fett, but he refuses to submit. In the Bacta tank, Fett remembers the Tuscans teaching him their style of combat and desert survival skills. After the tribe was attacked by a Pike Syndicate spice train, Fett stole speeder bikes from a nearby Nikto gang and 
taught the Tuscans how to ride them. He led uh, the tribe to a successful attack to stop the train and warned the surviving pikes that they would have to pay a toll to enter the Tuscans' territory in the future. Uh, to be admitted to the tribe, Fett was guided by a lizard inside of his head to a branch, which he then turned into a gaffy stick, and the tribe then held a ceremony to accept him. A whole lot happened in episode two. Was this the episode where they went, where you actually see Tashi Station? Or at least the inside of the bar of Tashi Station? Yes, yes. And then Cammy and Fixer, who... Yes. Um, which, that's that's pure fan service with those two. Oh, yeah. Which, because they were Luke's friends, which yeah. they had a... Uh, um, in the original Star Wars, there was a cut scene with, um, with them and Luke. Yeah. So I'm watching this, and I'm like, oh, okay, that... That's a nice little Easter egg that 99% of people probably have no idea what's happening. But. Well, well, and the thing was, I didn't know until I went online afterwards, because I didn't know, number one, that he was at the Tashi station. I didn't know that, that that was those two characters, because they don't say their name at all. Like, I was like, well, I wish they would have, like, referred to each other by name, so then I'd be like, oh, because then I would have totally known. But I, at, I was like, these characters must be important in some respect. And then, to be honest, not to spoil anything down the line, but we are spoiling stuff, like, to show them and then do nothing, absolutely nothing with them the whole rest of the series, I was like, well, that's kind of a waste, because then it does become completely fan service. I don't mind, I didn't mind them being in there, I thought that was really cool, but then I was like, but then do something with them, like, have them in it at some point in the future. It just it seemed like a lot of focusing on them just be like, hey, hey, notice these people. We're not going to do anything with them, though. So that was something I really didn't like that they did. Well, I think I only realized that it was probably Tashi Station because of the because the, the, the two act, especially the, the the lady who played Cammy looks a lot like the actress that played her. Oh, I agree. Yeah. So that, that was I was like, wait a minute. Um, but the I don't have a problem with, you know. Not everybody that's there has to play a role somewhere else. Right. And I, I don't mind because that was to me just something that was thrown in. And if you don't yeah. know, it's just it's just two random people who don't want to, you know, kind of want to stand up for themselves. But, no, they probably shouldn't otherwise. Yeah. Then, I don't need every character to have, you know, a, a role to play. But my issue was the fact that they really did put a big focus on them in that moment. And I know, and looking back on it now, it's it was because of fan service. Like I love fan service, but I love fan service when it when it's playing into the story. And to me, this was fan service for the sake of fan service. And I was like, oh, they're really focusing on them. I I have a feeling that they're gonna pop up again in the future, and they never did. And that, like I said, that's what made me not like the scene. I loved the scene when it first happened. I was like, oh, that's really cool. Once I found out who they were and everything, but the fact that they focused so much on them in that scene. And that did nothing with them the rest of it. That's honest for me. That's the type of fan service I don't like is when you're just literally throwing it in there as fan service and it's not part of the story. It plays no factor in the story. So and to me, that is fan, that is the pure definition of fan service. <laughs> it doesn't have to serve a purpose. It's there because yeah. it's there for one reason and one reason only. Yeah. So I, you know, yeah. different opinions, but whatever. Yeah. The, yeah. Uh, um, and then, uh, I, now, to me, here's fan service that I actually loved, which was putting Black Chrysanthemum in there. The comic book character who was 
amazing in the comics, love him in the comics, and to see a live-action version of him, I was just blown away. He was badass, and then they made a stupid action figure for him. <laughs> oh, I, man, I was all psyched. I had notes about that like, for when we got that into the thing. action figures. <laughs> oh, my word. What a what a crock. No, yeah, there, I saw... I saw a lot of them crying about that online. People are like, what the fuck? Like, it's horrible. <laughs> I get, I get reuse, but boy, yeah, they just missed, they missed big time I, on that one. Yeah. Now, I, the thing for me in the, the first part of this series, I was, I really enjoyed the buildup and the story of the Tuscans. Mm-hmm. I, I recognized that it was very similar to stuff that had gone on in Mando in terms of being raised by the, yeah. by the Mandalorians. I thought it was interesting that he ingratiated himself into the culture that when he went on that trip and I, I knew when he got that piece of wood, that was going to be his stick, his gaffy yeah, stick. Yeah. But I love that haka at the end, you know, and the dance and the yes. music and which, by the way, the music in this series. Oh, my God, it's so good. It is. <laughs> it yeah. Made, it's phenomenal. Just the, what they did with it. But I really did. I, I liked. This is certainly the most time that the Tuscans have ever gotten. Oh, you know, they got a, a little bit in the series with Mando and being able to, to, to sign with them. Yeah. I, yeah, I, I just really enjoyed that. They, they, I don't want to say they humanized them, but they certainly made them more likable. Than, we learned more about so. their, we learned more about their culture in this episode than we've ever seen. Sympathetic. Yeah. Grub, I think that's a great. Yeah. 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 But yeah, we, like I said, we now in the comics, in the old legend stuff, Tim Truman did a, a story with, the, the Tuscan Raiders that kind of delved into. And I remember talking with him one time about that and he says, Oh yeah, Lucas, you know, never wanted to delve into the, uh, the culture of the Tuscan Raiders. And he finally let me do that in the comic. Well then obviously that's now legend stuff. So we've never seen what their culture is like. And this completely illustrated that, what it's like with them. And I, I personally loved this episode because of all that. Cause we really did, delve into a lot of that um and it, it was like a growth of the character of boba fett and everything else but also getting to learn about these people and their ways and all that type of stuff the lizard cracked me up when it shot up his nose <laughs> i think i ate it yeah. <laughs> it was great um uh, and like he goes on the, on a spirit journey, uh, which I thought was cool. Cause it, it had a lot of like native American vibes to it. Uh, at least to me it did. I, but, uh, and then I, I loved seeing the, the Jabba twins. Uh, I actually thought they did an amazing job with them because with a, I mean, I know they've, they've done more movie quality stuff on a TV level, but, it would have been very easy to not do a good CG work with them and them being carried by all the, <laughs> the, the servants that they had carrying two huts on a, on a board to get them around and town. Struggling. Yes. Yes. When at one point when they're just standing there for a couple of minutes talking and you can just see the guys, they're all like, Oh yes. <laughs> and they're shuffling it. Just, you can tell that they're just, in pain. Yes. Like, oh. Yeah, I thought that was, was great. Like, that's just wonderful. Yeah. <laughs> um, loved seeing them, uh, the Tuscans take down the train. Like that whole scene was awesome. Uh, and then it was a lot of fun watching, <laughs> watching him teach them how to ride the, this, uh, speeder bikes and stuff. So, um, I loved when <laughs> they were trying to like, 
trying to jump on to the, he kept trying to jump from one speeder bike to the other one and the Tuscan like fell and he just kind of ran over. Him. <laughs> um, so it would like, and then the, I think initially didn't one of them hop on one and then actually go in reverse. Yes. Yeah. yeah probably. I, I, I don't remember. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I don't remember. The specifics with it. I mean, I remember yeah. the, the mon, like, this is the montage scene. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I love the leader, I, the chieftain leader. I, I think she was the chieftain, but she, you know, was taking on the people on the train and everything else. Like that, that whole action scene was just really awesome to me. So no, the, the chieftain is a different person than the, the woman the warrior. Was, okay. Yeah. It's clearly badass of the group. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I just, I, you know, like I said, the, the highlight obviously for me was Black Chrysanthemum when I, I am so glad that I watched the episodes as quickly as I did because I didn't, I wouldn't have wanted something like that spoiled for me. Um, but yeah, <laughs> you're right, John. If goddamn action figure, that thing's going to be <laughs> such a peg warmer because <laughs> I don't know anyone that wants to get it. <laughs> Um, Disappointing, that's for yeah. sure. They missed missed the mark. But well, it's the definition yeah. of it's the definition of hey, this character's popular. We need a figure. Let's hurry up. It was there was n- there's no way you can tell me that they planned for that figure. They literally went crap. We need to get a figure out. Let's just paint Chewbacca black, and we'll put it out there and put some He-Man armor on him because <laughs> that's what it looks like. It looks like they went to Mattel and <laughs> borrowed some He-Man armor and just threw it on him. So it looks, it looks so bad. And then I saw people trying to make excuses saying like, because they're like, oh, well, they said it's the comic version of them. And I'm like, no, the comic version of them looks even more badass than the live action version. (laughs) So, uh, so, all right. Uh, chapter three, the streets of Mos Espa. Uh, I'll I'll tell you right now, this is, this is not, this is my least favorite of all the episodes. All I had to say about yeah this episode was this almost made me stop watching the show. This is the one that I yeah me too yeah so. I just <laughs> so all right that's all I'm yeah we'll get into it. Uh, so Fett is asked by the watermonger uh, Lorth Appeal to punish a gang of cyborgs who are stealing his water in Mos Espa, claiming that citizens of Tatooine are uh, do not respect Fett yet. Upon seeing that the gang has no work, Fett employs the cyborgs as enforcers and demands that Peel. Reduces prices. Uh, in his back to tank, Fett recalls seeking the toll from the Pikes on behalf of the Tuscan tribe, only to find the tribe destroyed by the Nikto gang on his return. His memories are interrupted when Fett is attacked by Kersantan. Fett, Shand, the guards, and cyborgs uh, fight off and capture the Wookiee. The twins soon apologize for sending Kersantan, claiming that Shayez uh, has promise Jabba's territory to another syndicate. The twins vow to leave Tatooine and gift a Rancor to Fett. After releasing Kersantan and res- uh, resolving to train the Rancor, Fett goes to Mos Espa with Shan and the cyborgs uh, to, and the cyborgs to question Shayez. They find the mayor absent but chase down his major domo who reveals that Shayez is working with the Pikes. Later the Pikes begin arriving in Mos Espa and Fett decides to prepare for war. This one, this one was like, there was good and there was some really good and some really horrible stuff in this episode. 
This is the Spy Kids episode. Yes. Oh, very much so. <laughs> Um, I've heard it mentioned a couple times, and I totally agree with this. The 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 little scooter bikes that they have might. I heard a lot of people say like that's not Star Wars, but then I heard other people mentioning like those may have been fine in Star Wars if they were on a planet like uh, Coruscant or something like that. They, they did did not belong on Tatooine. Belong on Tatooine. No. no, they were they look so out of place. Yeah, they just it's fine if there's a mod called culture or whatever there but it looked so out of place yeah and that was just not to mention it was slow as Milan. i was just about to say <laughs> that was like the, <laughs> the slowest chase scene i've ever seen in my life <laughs> it's like the it's like in a office space when they're all stuck in traffic and they see the old man on a walk wall yes about what that chase i remember just sitting there going come on just get, get this over with it <laughs> doesn't awesome. that have a rocket can you just zap the guy with a rocket? Right, right. Speaking oh of uh, office space, we should have had a the watermonger should have offered Boba a red stapler. Yeah, no <laughs> yeah, that was cool. That was cool to see Steven Root show up in yes. that show. Yes, that and, was, Danny Tra- yeah. and Danny Trejo. And Danny Trejo. And I did, I did like, I did like the little moment of uh, with the watermonger where he turned to him and he's like, "Reduce your prices." Like, I like there was little things like that, but. Um, and yeah, Danny Trejo thing was amazing. And to see the rancor, I was like, oh shit, that's, that's going to be a factor later. <laughs> see, um, that's a fan service that I'm disappointed didn't have anything to do with later. What's that? Cause he never saw him. He oh, never Danny. saw Trejo again. Oh yeah, Trejo, yeah, for sure. That's, yeah. that's, I thought, you're, I was like, the rancor you see again. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> yeah, I, I really wanted him to, when everyone, especially at the end when everyone's showing up, I really wanted to see Trejo show up too. Um, even if it was, yeah, we'll, we, we'll talk about that when we get there, but, um, yeah, this, the, <laughs> I guess in that chase scene, and it moves slow enough that you could see it, uh, the one, the one scene where they're walking a painting out, uh, which is an old Hollywood type thing to have happen where, you know, they're walking, either walking a painting out or they're walking a sheet of glass out or a mirror out and during a chase scene. Um, I guess that painting, is uh, a, a replica of um, uh, Ralph McQuarrie's painting of Jabba the Hutt's palace. The concept sketch. Concept sketch, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, all I could think of when I saw that originally was in Wayne's World 2, where they're like, well, what do you guys do? Well, we, our job is to walk this pane of glass. And that's how it's <laughs> And back and forth. <laughs> and then when Wayne drives the car through it, Yes. The job here is done. <laughs> That's fantastic. Um, yeah, I, and the major domo guy is, I, some people said that they, he grew on them. Uh, he never grew on me. I found him annoying from the beginning to the end. Um, he served his purpose. He grew on me. Yeah, he grew on me. Yeah. I think he was, I mean, this is swarmy little bastard, and I was just like, I don't know. I kind of, I kind of like this, <laughs> especially as the season goes on and he shows up more and more. Yeah, that that's another character for me that that did grow on me, but he was not one of them for me. Uh, he he just, I, I just, I wanted if he had died at some point, like when I thought he was possibly going to die, I would have been totally fine with it. <laughs> um, all right, getting into so enough time probably spent on that episode. <laughs> Uh, chapter four is the gathering storm. 
in the Bacta tank, Fett remembers trying to reclaim his fire spray gunship from Jabba's palace, which was protected by too many guards. When he discovered Shand dying from a gut wound, Fett took her to most icely uh, mod parlor where her life was saved with cybernetics. In return, Fett requested Shan's help to break into the palace, now ruled by Bib Fortuna. After fighting the guards and retrieving Fett's ship, Shan decides to stay with Fett. They killed the biker gang that Fett believed had massacred his uh, Tuscan tribe uh, before flying to the Sarlacc pit to retrieve his armor. Shand killed uh, the attacking Sarlacc with a seismic charge, though Fett did not find his armor inside. In the present, Fett emerges from the Bacta tank fully healed. He witnesses Chrysanthemum fighting Trandoshans in the sanctuary and hires him. At a banquet, he urges Mos Espa's other crime bosses to unite against the Pike Syndicate, but they refuse. With the Rancor's presence, Fett convinces them to remain neutral while he fights the Syndicate alone. Shand suggests that they hire reinforcements for the imminent war. And then we hear some very familiar music at the end of that episode uh, that kind of lets us know what's coming. So, uh, Thoughts with this episode? This was the one where I te- texted you guys and like, I'm out. Okay. I think the, this is the one where he fights that, that chef robot and that stupid little mouse <laughs> that little... Whatever the hell thing that self-destructed. That was just. A, See, I liked that one. <laughs> to me, that was as spy kids as it got. I didn't, no, man, as this one was not for me. That first half, I got through that. It got better. Yeah. Uh, the the drop of the seismic charge that was cool. I hadn't yeah. you know hadn't seen that in a while. Yeah. I, I the one thing that disappoint one of the things that disappointed me in this show, knowing how attached he had gotten to the Tuscans. Yeah. And how how clinical his wiping out of that biker gang was, was such an underwhelming point. Yeah. Cause I thought he, we were going to see the Boba Fett. We've always, you know, again, right. And I'm always one that thought Boba Fett was a badass. And I thought, okay, yeah, he's going to go in and just lay waste to him. No, man, he took them all out. I, I get it. He propelled the story forward, but sure. But it was a chicken what, what, what shit a let down quick way of doing it. Yeah. It, yeah. Well, it just wasn't personal. Like he, right. he didn't exact revenge. Like I thought he would. So I heard this mentioned, and, and I totally agree with this. I think what I would have liked to have seen was him, you know, he's not going to take them all on, and he's got his ship. So, you know, take out a few of them, but then land in front of them and send a message, you know, like, you know, at, at least if you're going to take them all out, like take a few of them out individually, make it more personal, um, show us the badass that he is. Because that was one of the complaints throughout the whole series other than maybe for one moment that happens later was that Boba Fett was, has never been the badass in this series other than, like I said, maybe one moment later that we were hoping he was going to be. Um, he constantly was taking the easier way of doing things. He was constantly not following the advice of, <laughs> of, uh, Fennec Shand who actually had the best ideas for stuff. Um, so that definitely got frustrating with that type of stuff. But yeah, the kitchen scene, I I actually had fun with that scene. So uh, that one that that didn't bother me. But um, and uh, I did I did like the uh, the rancor reaching up from the ground to scare the shit out of everybody <laughs> uh, at the banquet table. Um, 
And that I think that was one of the moments, too, where I was just like, you need to be the badass Boba Fett that we all want you to be. They were all like, no, we're not going to do this. And he was like, okay, like, I'll just do it myself then. Just don't just don't get in my way. And I was like, that that doesn't seem right to me, like that he would just he'd have them all there to say, hey, we all have to unite. They all say no. And he's just going to be like, okay with that. Like, I wanted a Godfather moment where, or a Goodfellas moment or something like that where he takes one of them out to prove a point. And he didn't really do that, so. Um. Alright, so now, now we get into the episodes where John was probably back on board. <laughs> yes. We're decided to shift into Okay, we know this is a show about Boba Fett, but he's not going to be in it basically for the next two episodes. Right. <laughs> now it's, because I remember, I remember thinking initially when they announced the book of Boba Fett, I thought it was just going to be the Mando season three, but focusing on Boba more than Mando. Right. And this is where I feel like that's kind of really what it became. Right. And yeah, and that's why, like, looking back on it and everything else, like, it really could have been called. Mandalorian season three, the book of Boba Fett. Like it really, cause it essentially that's what it is. Cause you figure when you come back to season three of Mandalorian, you're going to have to provide an audience some recap of what happens in the book of Boba Fett because you can't guarantee that they just went from, you know, maybe there's some people that would only want to watch the Mandalorian episodes, you know, seasons and stuff like that. Maybe they didn't watch book of Boba Fett. Um, so I don't know. So we got uh, Chapter 5, which is the return of the Mandalorian. Uh, after Din Djarin tracks and kills a bounty, he delivers the bounty's head for directions uh, to the Mandalorian hideout. There he finds the Armorer and Paz Vizsla, survivors of their tribe of Mandalorian warriors who inspect the Darksaber that he won from Moff Gideon. The Armorer explains that whoever wins the Darksaber in combat can become the ruler of Mandalore though their civilization was destroyed by the Empire. The armorer turns uh, uh, Jaren's Beskar spear into a gift for his former charge Grogu. Vizsla, a descendant of the Darksaber's creator, Tara Vizsla, challenges uh, Jaren to a duel for the saber. Jaren defeats Vizsla, but reveals that he previously broke the tribe's code by removing his helmet. Rejected by the tribe, Jaren uh, takes a commercial transport to meet uh, Peli Amato, on Tatooine, who has an old N1 starfighter to replace his previous ship, the Razor Crest. Together, they fix and modify the starship, and Jaren takes it for a test flight. Upon his return, Fennec Shand arrives and asks Jaren to assist Boba Fett in the upcoming war. He agrees, but only after he visits a friend. Um, for me, the opening of this was of this episode was on par with the opening of the Mandalorian season one. This is my favorite. Yeah. This was my favorite star Wars of, of late. Yeah. I think I said earlier, maybe the fate, it may be the best. Like it was so badass. Yeah. I, when he, when he pulled the blade, I'm like, hell yeah. Shit, <laughs> real. shit just got real. Yes. And they did. Cause he sliced some of them up. <laughs> he did. And then he just walks out with that head in the bag, and I'm like, and he just tells the guy, you can have the money or get out, you know, or, or we can fight. <laughs> right. That was and, so friggin' cool. And in the process, hitting himself with the bullet. Yeah. Yes, yes. Well, I mean, because the lightsabers are supposed to be these heavy, unwieldy things that if you don't really know 
know how to use, you know, like it'd be like, you know, my kid picking up a broadsword and trying to swing it around. He's probably going to do more damage to himself than anything in the walls than anything else. Yeah. So I, I was just like, Oh, awesome. <laughs> well, and even though you never see like, his face underneath there, you can tell when he walks out with that head, he's, he's hoping like, please guys, just go take the money. Cause I really don't want to fight you. <laughs> This really hurts. <laughs> um, but yeah, and he just, like, he slices the one guy in half and slices the table with him. I'm just like, oh my god. Like, it was just such an awesome scene. Um, and to, and to think, John, if you had, if you had jumped, jumped off right then, I would have been texting you going, no, seriously, turn on episode five. <laughs> yeah, no, no, I, 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 no, listen, I, I, I'm disappointed that he left the coven or whatever they were calling it. Yeah. You know, the, the, that tribe. Yeah. But I understand why he did. I, I hope we get to see them again sometime. Yeah. I'm so glad he finally got that fight with, with Vizsla because that needed to happen. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, man, he was going to take him out like a bitch too. He, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that blade up to his neck. Like, yeah. oh man. Yeah. I, I was wondering if, if the armorer is going to be. A, I don't know of a main villain, but a thorn in his side for season three. Yeah. Because I think we'd be okay with that. And it, it also, I think it all, also, you know, with, um, with what Bo Katan said about, oh, those zealots or whatever, you know, that, that cult or whatever she called them. Yeah. You know, I wonder if, if it made him truly open his eyes to what the situation was. Cause when he took the helmet off initially, there was, no choice. He doesn't take that helmet off. They die. Oh yeah. You know. It, and to her, that's not okay. Do, you're supposed you're supposed to be willing. In her eyes, you're supposed to be willing to die rather than I, take your helmet off. And I'm like, I'm sorry, but I'm taking my helmet off. I'm not dying because I'm I don't want to take my helmet off. So. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I guess we'll see because yeah, you know, when we get to I I don't know where season three of Mando is going to go. To. Yeah. Well, my guess, my guess is, and I don't have nothing to base it on, but like other than what we saw, um, is that he's gonna somehow redeem himself in, cause was it the minds of Mandalore or something like that that he can, uh, redeem himself in? But she's like, but Mandalore's been destroyed. Um, was this the episode, I didn't say in the summary, is this the episode where we got that flashback of what happened on Mandalore? Yes. Yes, cause it was the damn Terminator. Yeah. Which yeah, was like amazing. Day, it was the night of a thousand tears. Yeah, man. Yeah, that like, was. Intense. I was. Told, I I actually wept in this. Like when they got to that, I I'll I'll freely admit it. I was teared up. Oh yeah. I, I love that. No, I love that stuff. I oh, man, it was so good. Yeah. I was more surprised. As they show, I would. I didn't tear up, but I was like, wow, they're showing this. Yeah. Like, yeah. Wow. It was intense too. It was. It was K two just. Yeah. It was. It was very intense. And then I loved seeing. uh the armorer trying to train him with the dark saber. Um, that was really cool to see. Whatever it was. Yeah. So yeah, this was a very, very cool episode. Um, and, and that, and Bryce Dallas Howard directed this one, didn't she? Yes. Yeah. And I want her to direct more things. <laughs> I, I, I think she's figured something out fairly well. Yeah. At least with this stuff. Yeah. So, um, and then, so, and we mentioned, like, uh, we were talking about characters earlier, like, uh, that Peli Mato, she's a character that has grown on me. 
Like I found her annoying the at horny first. Character. Yeah, but but then find I she's definitely someone that I really like as a character now. So um she was hilarious with the, you know, that she dated a Jawa and very firm. Very firm. <laughs> <laughs> um and we saw a robot uh a droid uh that people are saying it's at least the same model as one that was in the uh uh most recent video game for oh, Star Wars. The BD Yeah. Yeah. It, it was BD nine in uh Jedi Fallen Order. Yeah, Fallen Order, yeah. Um so that was cool to see. Um and uh you know, we get we get to see uh we get to see ep- episode one stuff. Like this series, I will. I've heard this mentioned before, and I totally agree with it. This, at least with Book of Boba Fett, we got connections to the prequels, the original trilogy, and the sequels. Like there's there's stuff from all three trilogies that are in this series. Um, most of it appearing in the last three episodes, but still very cool. Um, but we get to see the N1 Starfighter, um, which I'm still have mixed feelings on it. Like, I think it's very cool. I think it's really awesome. I love the montage of them putting it back together. You know, I'm always for an 80s style montage, but I was like, if he's still going to be a bounty hunter, that ship doesn't really work for that type of lifestyle. Now, I don't know, maybe he won't still be a bounty hunter, but it just, like I said, that was the one thing I was like, the Razor Crest was such a cool ship. It was very unique. Um, and I wanted to see another one of those come back, and it totally fit the lifestyle that he lives as a bounty hunter. This one didn't do it so much, even though it was very cool. So I know I thought it was neat. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I remember uh, saying, "Man, they didn't make a Lego set of that." And of course, what's coming out is a Lego set of Lego it. Set of it. A very expensive Lego set of it, by the way. Yeah. Um, I think that one's a little overpriced. <laughs> oh, well, probably, but it's like, <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, more overpriced than normal. <laughs> um, and then I loved having the, uh, the, the cops moment of the two X wings coming up on either side of him. And yeah. That was a lot of fun. <laughs> and, and the, the other guy, not from Kim's convenience, but the other guy was play was in the armor at some point. Is that what I read? Yes. Uh, or, he's a, uh, another, oh, no, the other guy was the voice of, he was the body um, of Luke. The, oh, yeah, that's right. The body. Of oh, Luke. okay. Oh, was, I keep, yeah, I keep getting. I yeah. want to say it was the voice of the his one droid, but I, that's the wrong guy. Yeah. No, he <laughs> was yeah, he yeah. was the it's body the guy, he was the body the uh, the body double for Luke in yeah. uh, the end of Mandalorian season two. Yeah. So. Well, and this season. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So. Um. All right. So, anything else with this episode? If it wasn't for this episode, I think I would have tapped out after this. If this one had been along the lines of, of the previous one, gotcha. I've been out, but this one I think is what saved the show ultimately. Gotcha. So, um, John, one thing I was curious about with this episode, uh, because we saw Tar Vizsla and he's he was that big, you know, he's that big Mandalorian. Like, um, were yeah. you a little bit more excited to kind of see the him returning? Or oh yeah. Yeah, man. Like I, I look. I, I made no bones about the fact I loved, I loved that, I loved that first season of Mandalorian, and that that whole coven. But yeah, that you, you never had a big tank. No. Guy in armor. I mean, that was he was just big. 
yeah. badass. And yeah. like I said, he he was going to go out. I mean, you know, he was ready to ready to die because that's what you do. But yeah, yeah, I, I was I got so excited when he found him and was was able to to get healed, you know, uh, fixed up. And then I, I kept waiting though when when she said, "Have you taken off your helmet?" Yeah. And then you just kind of pause like, wait a minute, he's got to say it. <laughs> I, felt, I felt like I felt like it was that moment in Ghostbusters. Was like if someone asks you if you're a god, you say yes. It's like she just asked you if you took your helmet off. You say no. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, yeah, like I was mentioning with the Tuscan Raiders having it being kind of reminiscent of uh, uh Native American culture, like the, the Mandalorians very much gave me a vibe of like a Viking culture. Um, and you kind of see it with the armor too, where she's, she's got like the fur and everything else going up on, yeah. on her and stuff. But, um, and I believe in Viking culture, it was known to take, they would take young, uh, young, yeah, I guess younglings <laughs> and, and raise them in their culture and everything else from the towns that they would ransack and stuff. So, um, all right, going into chapter six, uh, from the desert comes a stranger. Uh, Cobb Vanth, marshal of Tatooine's free, free town, formerly known as Mos uh, Pelgo, confronts and shoots Pike Spice Runners. Uh, Jaren flies to a forested world to visit Grogu and is greeted by R2-D2 and Ahsoka Tano. Tano convinces Jaren that his presence will hinder Grogu, so he returns to Tatooine after asking Tano to deliver the gift, the Beskar chain mail tunic, uh, to the youngling. Jedi Master Luke Skywalker has begun training Grogu to use the Force. Skywalker helps the youngling remember his home, the Jedi Temple on Coruscant, where he saw many Jedi kill, uh, killed during Order 66. Fett and his allies discover, or discuss their manpower shortage and Jaren Travels to Freetown to enlist Vanth and his people. After Jaren leaves, the hired gun Cad Bane arrives on behalf of the Pikes to order the town to be neutral in the upcoming war. Following a standoff, Bane shoots both the Marshal and his deputy. Two Pikes later bomb the sanctuary in Mos Espa. Skywalker, bearing Jaren's gift, gives a choice to Grogu. Take the chainmail and stop his training, or take Yoda's lightsaber and train to be a Jedi. Whole lot of stuff in this episode. <laughs> there was a lot of stuff in this episode that I was like, I can't like, can't process. It I all. didn't think we would see Luke no. or Ahsoka, and I was really surprised. Like, boy, they're really laying into this. And yeah. then at the very end, when Cad Bane shows up, I'm like, oh my god, yeah, yeah. yeah. I did not. It's another one that I never thought I would see that character live action. Right. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Um, like I said. The, the show did its fan service, and boy, this was this was a doozy. This was one. as fan servicey as it could get. <laughs> well, and one of the things, uh, one of the stories too, like like you guys said, like I to see Luke was just incredible. And I guess what happened was when they did see the end of season two of Mandalorian, there was guys out there that said, and I remember watching their YouTube video where they they said we felt like we could do it better, so they did. They did do it better with deep fake technology and everything else. So then Disney went and hired them and said, okay, yeah, we like what you did. It was kind of like when you hire a, the government hires a hacker to 
<laughs> to help their security. It's like, oh, you did it better. And instead of shutting them down, they were like, yeah, let's bring them on board. And they did a phenomenal job, especially in daylight, because normally like stuff like that you want to do in the shadows or at night so that it hides those imperfections. Yeah, they did it in broad daylight. Here's Luke. Have have fun with him. Um, so I thought that was amazing. And when he's he's walking with Grogu and he's using the Force to move him forward. Pop him. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I thought it was going to be enough to see R2. Like, when I saw R2, I was like, oh, this is awesome. We're seeing R2. Like, and then, yeah, then you see Ahsoka. You see <laughs> Luke. <laughs> it's like, holy shit. And I, and I have to assume that's where, when Kylo turns the... Uh, you know, yeah. Ben Solo becomes Kylo Ren. Yeah, and that's and that's the, where it happens. Yeah, and that's the connection to the um to the sequels that I was referring to earlier. Is that that those are the temples? Like they actually someone did a um a screen capture from the sequel movies and showed the fire from the flashback scene, and it exact it looks exactly like what they were building there. So, um, so they definitely did their research on that. Spider droids that were yeah. You know, yeah. It's be nice to have those to build something quickly. No, no doubt. I like he's, he's so. Is that a bench? <laughs> <laughs> um, the thing for me, the biggest thing for me in this episode was Ahsoka being there with Luke, because that's something that fans have been wanting. Knowing that Ahsoka survived, have been wanting since Man- she was shown in the Mandalorian uh, season two. They were like, I hope that at some point Ahsoka and Luke meet up with each other because she's the one that no- truly knows what his father was like before the armor and everything. So, and she even makes a comment like, you know, just like your, da- just like his dad, you know, it was like that, or just like your father or something like that. She says, um, like that was. That is the moment that got me choked up because I was like, oh my God, they had a whole con, I'm sure they had whole conversations about Luke's dad together. So I, I loved that moment. I, I loved all of this one. I really did. Yeah. I, I, the, all the stuff with them training and I knew Daniel in particular would be really excited because there was so much Grogu in it. Yeah. But that end, when Cobb Vance's shadow or that silhouette popped up in the desert, I was like, grub. I was like, oh, I text you guys. I was like, holy shit, holy shit. Yeah. That was so friggin' cool. Yeah. <laughs> was, and from the distance, yeah. I knew who it was. Yeah. I didn't know ahead of time, yeah, but you, you see the you silhouette. Exactly. Yeah. You saw that hat. And you're, yep. You're like, holy shit, it, they did it. And yep. he, he popped up, his head popped up. Oh, man. And, you know, we haven't talked about Clone Wars on this show and years because it's been years since that show was on but sure i have such deep you know such an affinity for that show watching it with my kids when they were so yeah. young yeah it, oh god it was so it was so great <laughs> and they got and they got the same voice actor to do yeah. the the voice for yeah. the live action so which was amazing so um yeah that i mean that just blew me away and then to see Cobb banth again too that I was, was saying awesome. we got Cobb banth again because man what a what a handsome fellow <laughs> He, he plays a cow. He plays a cop as good as anybody ever will. Yes. And we're getting another season of Justified. So come on, you know, like, <laughs> this is good. And and uh, well, I mean, we'll get into it, but uh, yeah, <laughs> he 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 ain't gone either. <laughs> like, the, there's a reason they show some stuff at the end of this. So, um, right. 
but yeah, like there was just there was so much in this episode, and uh, and we didn't. I mean, I mentioned it briefly in the summary, but uh, to see or- Grogu at Order sixty six, like the troops are coming towards them, and they're killing Jedi and and younglings and stuff. And um, somebody said that also you can see like um, markings on the walls. Like if you pause it, you can see some markings on the wall of like uh, signifying different. Uh, Jedi and things like that. So it was, it was like, it's very cool, um, uh, to, to kind of get that glimpse in the past. Cause it, it's almost like Grogu's starting to remember his past. Cause I mean, he's been alive for 50 years. So, um, yeah, you'd, you'd like to think you'll, you'll get some more detail in terms of how the world did he get out of there? Yeah, exactly. I mean, he was so small. I mean, you know, he, and everybody else didn't make it. Yep. What I have, did he do? I, I have did, he a feeling, just, did he have a force moment and blow everybody up? That's kind of what I think. Yeah, know? yeah. Well, and I have a feeling that's what's going to be part season of season three. three. Yeah, is yeah. That we're going to get those flashbacks of him. So it's all about the flashbacks now. But but yeah, it was, it was just a very cool moment. Um, uh, very cool episode. I just yeah, that was that was my favorite episode of the whole season. Was that second to last one. So yeah, I always thought it was ironic that the two best episodes of the show didn't have the title character in it. <laughs> I mean, he uh, showed up at the end of this one for like 10 seconds, but yeah. Yeah. And just nods. He doesn't say a word. Right. All right. So now we got chapter seven, which is in the name of, of honor. So we have R2-D2 flies Grogu, who has chosen Jaren's chainmail. Oh, we didn't even talk about, I mean, I mentioned it, but yeah. Luke giving him a choice at the end. Here, take the Lord of the Rings mithril chainmail, or <laughs> take Yoda's lightsaber. <laughs> like, that was awesome. Uh, and people have pointed out, like, well, Yoda lost his lightsaber here, and there, but Yoda's, it's been shown in the comics and stuff like that, Yoda has made multiple lightsabers in the past. So uh, my question was, did Luke go back to Dagobah and root through his stuff after he died and found his lightsaber and took it? So well, where, did, where did Luke get all those, the text from in the, in the sequel series? He must yeah. have probably got them from Yoda. Yeah, that's I'm true. Sure, I'm sure that he, Yoda probably had like a lot of stuff that he went back and, and yeah, you know. could be, could be. Alright, so chapter seven, uh, like I said, R2D2 flies Grogu, who has chosen Jaren's, uh, chainmail, uh, to Mado's hangar. Bane and the Pikes confront Fett, Shand, and Jaren outside the remains of the sanctuary, where Bane reveals that the Pikes killed Fett's Tuscan tribe and framed the biker gang. The other crime families betray Fett and attack his soldiers throughout Mos Espa. Fett and Jaren Send uh, Shaiz's major domo to distract the pikes, uh, allowing the pair to attack the group, though they are soon outnumbered. Freetown citizens and cyborgs arrive to save the save the pair, but the group are overwhelmed again by two shielded Scorpionek droids. Uh, Mato arrives with Grogu, who helps Jaren dr- uh, destroy one of the Scorpioneks, while Fett's Rancor destroys the other. Bane scares off the Rancor and defeats Fett in a gun duel, but Fett kills Bane with his gaffy stick. Grogu lulls the Rancor to sleep, ending its rampage. Uh, in Mos 
Icely Shand kills the Pike boss, Shaiz, and the other crime lords as most Espa praises Fett, Jaren, and Grogu fly away in their N1 starfighter. Later, Vanth heals in Fett's Bacta tank with the mod artist standing nearby. Again, a whole lot happened. <laughs> you know, the funny part with this episode was after the last, the two previous episodes, this episode had good moments, but it was just like, okay, that's an ending. Yeah. <laughs> it, 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 it had cool moments like, you know, King Kong Rancor. And, yes. Uh, <laughs> you know. Which we all knew as soon as soon as the trainer was talking about, oh, when he see when he sees you, you bond, and then when Boba Fett's like, I'm gonna ride him, you're like, oh shit, we're getting that at the end. You oh yeah, <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> it's like he's gonna Tele- ride around. Telegraph court. much? Right. <laughs> and I felt bad for the Gamorreans that got pushed off. The yes. Ship. Oh my god. Everybody yeah. else survived except them. Yeah, they had to you kill know, somebody. I didn't think Chrysanthemum was gonna survive. Uh, to, yeah. yeah, that was. Yeah, I thought he was my. I was well. I didn't think he was gonna die because I feel like the way people were were reacting to that character. Yeah, that if, if they had told it, it would have been a mistake. But, but here's the thing. Here, that was the one frustrating thing with Chrysanthemum is that when he gets Boba out of the back to tank mm-hmm. and is beating him up, and the tech kids come in and they all stop him, right? Mm-hmm. He did. He no, like he would have ripped him in half. Oh he, yeah. He goes to the bar and he rips the dude's arms off. Like that was so freaking hilarious. <laughs> Just because he didn't like him, because the yeah, he was mad. Because Wookies like, don't oh. like Trandoshans. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I just and then yeah, the fact that he man he he took it like a champ and it still survived. Yeah. Like, that that was the one part. Like oh come on, he would he would have he would have gotten Boba if it was right. Well, legit. And, but, <laughs> and the thing is too, like with uh, one thing that I found funny was them stationing him in the Trandoshan area. I'm like, why would you put the guy that doesn't like Trandoshans <laughs> in their town? Um, the one thing that did get frustrating for me with Chrysanthemum though was he would he was getting shot, he was getting beat up, and and he would hobble, and then the next scene he'd be running like nothing was wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe Wookiees heal fast. Maybe, yeah, like Wolverine. <laughs> yeah, maybe, never know. That's really where the Wolverine trade came from. There you go. <laughs> it's from a galaxy far, far away. Yeah, and what Fennec does to that, to all those dudes in that, uh, in that one building at the end. Where oh yeah, that was the best. Yeah, where, that was where you finally saw somebody throwing up by his neck, and, and yeah. you, you I, finally I see a bounty hunter be a bounty hunter. Yes, <laughs> yeah, very much so. <laughs> Badass, and, it, and I think that was one of the things that it. One of the frustrations with the show is that, you know, and of course Bane's telling Cobb Vanth the dude, you know, Boba Fett's a bad guy. Like you don't yeah. want to do anything with him. Yeah. And Boba Fett was always a bad guy, but he gets out of the he gets out of the Sarlacc, he gets hooked up with the Tuscans, but then all of a sudden he's like, "This is my town, and I want to take care of these people, and I'm going to give them peaches or whatever the hell fruit they're eating and stuff." It was just like it was. It was strange because you didn't. Well, and it was weird you didn't too. Didn't see the arc to how he got there, right? Yeah. Like he, that he would yeah. care about these people. Yeah. And he's like, I'm not leaving because these are I'm, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a benevolent dictator, I guess, right? Like yeah. it was that, that part was kind of strange to me. Well, and their whole explanation for it was that it was him saying like, I'm tired of almost getting killed for stupid people, basically. Right. And and so he decides, well, he's going to be the guy in charge then. Which I get that, but it just didn't feel like enough for him to put this much of an effort into it. 
Um, the thing that really got frustrating for me, and then I was glad we saw uh, something different at the end, was he was such a badass at, in season two of The Mandalorian. Like, he kicked yeah. so much ass, and then he seemed to do nothing but get his ass kicked in this season <laughs> until the very end. And I was so grateful that when he faced off against Cad Bane, that he was the one that killed Cad Bane. Because I was afraid when he was down on the ground and Cad Bane was about to shoot him, that somebody else, like Fennec Shand or somebody like that, was going to swoop in and save him again. And I was like, no, it needs to be Boba Fett that saves himself and kills him himself, because that's the only way that you can prove to me that he has any bit of the badass that we thought he was. And sure enough, he takes him out with the gaffy stick and plunges it right through his heart, which I have heard rumors that maybe he's not dead. Right, yeah, because they talk about he's beeping at the end and then yes. maybe a ship came to get him. I, I, I think that's one of those scenes, particularly for those that watched Clone Wars and know the history and that Boba Fett ran with him. Yeah. It was much more meaningful. Yes. Right. And that, you know, he's like, I saw you grow, you know, you got your dad's blood in you and you, you know, I just, he just said a lot of things that, you know, it, oh, I loved it. Very personal stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. For sure. It's cool. Well, and that so was I, like, that was the personal moment that we kind of wanted to see when he went after the biker group. But yes. You know, yes. So. But, but again, so he's like, got a lot of history with, with Bane. Yeah. And most people, if you, because I know a lot of people didn't watch Clone Wars, they don't know any of that backstory, and right. they didn't really get into any grand detail about it, which I, I recognize too. It's seven episodes; you're only gonna do so much. Right. Uh, I wish they talked a little bit more about about their connection because they did have a pretty rich history. Yeah, yeah. And it, and it, it did make sense. I what, think what happened there. Yeah, dead. I think he's out. Because to me, that's that's the way it closes that story. Oh, I'm totally fine if he's dead. Yeah, I have no problem yeah, with him and being I, and dead. And I don't think that if he wasn't dead, that Boba would have let him get up and walk away. Yeah, I think Boba would have made sure he was gone. Yeah, but um, I loved uh, Grogu putting the Rancor to sleep and then cuddling up next to him, <laughs> falling asleep himself. <laughs> um, and then he yeah, pulled, that, I, yeah, yeah. I think how did Grogu? How'd you put it, King Kong? That that but Rancor stuff was so much fun. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he's just tearing the city up. It was great. Yeah. Yeah. And again, this is a Robert Rodriguez episode. So yeah. You have to have the you have to have the spinning uh, spinning yes. shooter guy. Yeah. yeah, I must have watched that 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 bit with the Rancor at the end probably ten times because the kid really likes Rancors. Oh, uh, gotcha. Want to just keep watching it over and over again. That's awesome. And I'm like, all right, but that was very cool. He's like, what's it doing? Like, it's doing what Rancors do. Why is it not eating everybody? Because just because it's not eating people doesn't mean it's not going to eat somebody else later. Oh, he ate know. somebody. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, just when I was like, oh, is he going to bite somebody, like bite him in half? And sure enough, that, that's what he does. And then he's like, throw, he's grabbing land speeders and throwing it around. And he like yeah, clocks, clocks the one guy. Oh, it was just awesome. It was everything I wanted to see a Rancor ever do. <laughs> um, And then, you know, you get, and you get, uh, Mando flying off with Grogu, with with Grogu like tapping the the, <laughs> the little window. I can't wait for it to break the glass when he kept tapping it so hard. <laughs> I saw there's a meme out there. I think I may have posted it on Star Joe's where the scene with the rickshaw where they go flying and he catches uh, Grogu and it's like paused right then. It says like record scratch. Yeah. He's like, yeah. you're probably all wondering how I got myself into yeah. this mess. <laughs> It, it feels like it should be a, like a Dukes of Hazard, like yeah, yes. 
and you're like, we'll be right back after these messages situation. <laughs> well, and it was funny. Daniel and I were texting about it after the when he when he got the Starfighter. Yeah. And Daniel's comment was, it's going to be really cool when Grogu's in that, co- in that yes. droid pit. <laughs> yes, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, you know, that was going to happen. Absolutely. Well, and then, and it was a cool, like, emotional moment with him and Grogu when he realizes he came back for him and stuff. So, like, that was a really cool moment. But yeah, He shows up in the middle of the fight, and he's like, wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> well, and he hopped up, too. He jumped up yeah. into his arms. That was great. Yeah. That uh, was, uh, yeah. I, and literally... I think, Pelly being the horniest Star Wars character to ever exist. Oh my god, yes. Because <laughs> clearly her and the, her and the uh, the Twi'lek are going to hook up. Oh yeah, for sure. <laughs> oh, and when he comes, when the Twi'lek uh, comes out and sa- to give his give the uh, terms of surrender, yeah. <laughs> he's like, you're getting nothing. He's, he doesn't want to say it. Oh, <laughs> uh, it was good. Uh, yeah, second half of the season definitely outweighs the first half of the season. Um, but I think I'd rather have that than have it be the other way around. So uh, it definitely has me pumped and interested to see what are they going to do with season three of the Mandalorian. Um, it has me pumped to see what they're going to do with Obi-Wan. I mean, that's coming out yeah. in May. So well, at the rate they're going with their, their TV shows, it feels like Tatooine is becoming the center of the star Wars universe. Yeah. Yeah. Because you have Boba Fett takes place almost entirely on Tatooine. Obi-Wan Kenobi, probably mostly going to take place on Tatooine. I did hear he's supposed to go off-planet, though. Well, I'm sure he will. It, it's going to obviously start on Tatooine, yeah. Where he's starting yeah, for sure. You know, how much time Mando spent on Tatooine already, you know? Yeah, yeah. Well, it, it's... It supposedly is the, uh, the farthest from the bright side of the galaxy, but we're finding out that it's a very important place, so... Um, but yeah, it... it like you said, overall, thought it was a, a fun series. Uh, we do have a voicemail, or two voicemails, from the same person uh, who has left us voicemails before. Uh, so I'm going to play them for you here. This was this first one is before the season finale, so that I believe he had just watched uh, Episode 6 and hadn't watched Episode 7 yet. So let me go ahead and play the voicemail here. Hey, fellas. Like a gateway to things going very bad. So 
I think they should just let him be a hybrid Mando Jedi, and that's why they got, you know, the droid stock and all hollowed out of that N1 fighter, because you know that that season's not ending without them zipping around that ship with Grogu and the little, you know, the boggle thing on top there. So that'll be nice, though. They sell some more toys that way. But for that, and they shelved at Christmas time. But overall, it was fun. I don't know about the androids, though, built the temple. It seems like Luke should have just used the force to move those rocks around. But, and, like, where did you get all those androids from? I don't know. I, it's nitpicking. It's fun. It's a fun episode. Um, so I guess we'll see what happens. But I just, I just wanted to say that as soon as I saw that, like, I know that from somewhere. So that's, yeah, it's a song, Fourth Chamber, off the Liquid Storage album. If you should check that out, somebody, some fans should take that audio and put it over that scene where Baby Yoda's given the choice. Hope everybody's good, and can't wait to hear the crew give their thoughts on the episode, how it unfolds. I thought maybe they were going to bring the, uh, the Bad Batch in as the muscle, like Wrecker and the tech of them, but apparently it's, it's going to be Mando. And so he got cut off because it's a three-minute limit. <laughs> um, but I the the question he had about the, the robot, the droids, and stuff like that building the temple, like, this is after Return of the Jedi, so... Um, you know, several years after that, you know, it's the Republic, it's the New Republic. So they, you know, they have, Luke had access to droids and stuff like that. This wasn't like the rebels still on the run and everything else. So I I didn't really think about it because maybe they're cheap. Yeah. You know, they're just construction droids. I'm sure they're a dime a dozen. Yeah. We don't know. You know, and he brought up about like, well, why doesn't Luke just use the force to do it? Well, he's got other things to do. Yeah. And obviously using the force a lot can be tiring, as we saw Grogu using it a lot. (laughs) He gets sleepy. (laughs) I'm I'm sure there's plenty of stuff that was built in those that we never see that they use the force to build. But, you know, he he doesn't need to do that. You know, if you've got the droids, use the droids. Yep. Allow you to focus on training or whatever. Absolutely. All right. So then uh, he watched the the, uh, season finale and he called and left us another voicemail. This one's a, a bit shorter, but... Hey, fellas. I just wanted to leave a part two because um, the last message I sent was before the finale. So if you cover, um, I'm assuming at some point you'll cover uh, the book of the book of Mandalorian on the show. I just have to say, when you do, we need to just appreciate that scene in the rickshaw for just a minute. I mean, when when it got upturned, and, and then I think he hit the jetpack to give him a little extra thrust to catch Baby Yoda. But, oh, my God, poor Amy Sedaris. She just face-planted so hard in that sand. When she, I was like, I was feeling the pain for her. But then she gets up and spits out a tooth. Come on. That was genius. That was like, that That scene was the best scene of the episode for me. That was hilarious. And then, and then when she says, Grogu, that's a stupid name. I'm not calling you that. I think she stole the episode for me. But, um, I don't know. Unless we're going to consider Boba Fett's, uh, chorus line kick, which, 
first he pulls up his knee to shoot the the knee rocket out at the same time as as he's firing off his E3. But that was just it was something else. The only thing I was a little disappointed is like a missed opportunity was instead of fighting in the generic streets of most Espa, I think they said it had the showdown at Jabba's Palace. I mean that place that would just have so many nice set pieces. I just listened to um the issue twenty one breakdown. You could have had somebody scale on the side of I mean that's like the silent castle of Star Wars in a way. So anyhow, look forward to hearing uh how you guys cover that series and uh take care everybody. I forgot about the tooth. Yeah, I did too. <laughs> Oh, that was funny. I remember watching, I go, wait, what? Did you just spit a tooth? I'm still wrapping my head around the fact that he was talking about Jizza and Liquid Swords. I, wow. <laughs> I, I don't think I don't think anybody from Wu-Tang Clan has ever been mentioned on Star Joe, so kudos to you, my friend. Probably not. Because I'm still trying to get my head around that. And Yeah, was, were they talking about Lone Wolf and Cub? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Filoni had to, and Favreau definitely are into Lone Wolf and Cub. Oh, yeah, they, for sure. Watching Mandalorian, you, yeah, yeah. I don't know if they listen to the, I don't know if they listen to Liquid Swords or Enter the Ninety Nine Chambers or whatever, but you know. But hey, like you said, but kudos hey, to him for bringing that up. <laughs> kudos to him for you. And hey, fun fact or fun like Jizza and Riza together. If you ever want to see one of the funniest things ever, Jizza and Riza in Ninety Nine or was it Sick Coffee and Cigarettes? Have you guys ever seen that movie? No, no. Okay, so you can watch it on YouTube. Just watch the scene with Jizza and Riza being served. Coffee by Bill Murray oh, is one okay. of the funniest things ever. I will definitely check that out. It is, it's hilarious. Yeah, yeah. It. Oh, but yeah, that's our mysterious caller. He calls every once Sorry. in a while. I still don't. Yeah, know we haven't heard from him a long time. Yeah, I still know who it is because he never says his name, and that's fine. It can be a. We mis- have like five names. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we always know who it is. It's the same voice every time. So I mean, uh, yeah, keep calling. We'll keep playing. The, he, he's got some good insight. He's the one that gave us the idea for the uh, the fantasy draft episode so he's got good ideas um but uh yeah i i thought that was kind of a neat perspective to uh that he was saying like uh i mean it makes sense why it didn't take place at java's palace but like yeah that could have been the the star wars version of the silent castle (laughs) if they were scaling up the side of it and everything but um but yeah, good stuff. Uh, so I think that's a good transition, uh, actually into some, uh, some G.I. Joe talk, which is we got some announcements that happened recently. Very recently. Yay. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to make you suffer a little bit, Eric. Uh, oh, I don't care. It'll be farther down the list, but we'll get there. Um, so, uh, Hasbro had their, you know, Joe Thursday thing that they did and they talked about uh, things that will be available for pre-order, things that are going to be coming out in the future that we don't know when they're going to be available for pre-order. Um, but the things that were available for pre-order from the classified line was Tomax, Zaymot, and Stalker. So I wanted to hear your guys' thoughts when it came to those those three figures and we'll get into all the other ones too. Pre-ordered, pre-ordered, and pre-ordered. <laughs> nice. <laughs> I think they look great. Yeah. I'm not getting them. I think they look good. Yeah. I, I, I like the fact that these, as we've talked about, they don't have gold boots and laser guns. Yes. They, they look, they look more like G.I. Joe 
yeah. would have looked and, and where they've taken this line in two years is really quite striking absolutely. in a good way. Yeah, abso- way. absolutely. Yeah, Tomex and Zamat is exactly what I would want Tomex and Zamat to look like. Um, and I'm a huge fan of those characters, so I had them as a kid. Um, Stalker looks incredible. Uh, I mean, like you said, John, they, they finally have taken it when... When they have a figure that is very military, they make them look very military. When they have a figure that is just quintessential G.I. Joe, they went back to the core of that character and made it look like that. It still is, I mean, they're still different from, you know, the, the three and three quarter inch figure, but in all the best ways. It just, they can add more details. They can add more to them. Uh, to, to really capture that character. Um, I love the fact that Tomax and Zaymot, outside of just their clothes and the scar, actually have different facial expressions. Like they actually did a different head sculpt for each of them. So, um, I thought that was, that was fantastic. So, um, so yeah, those, those were great. Uh, the Viper three pack became available also, uh, which I have two regular Vipers. I don't really, have an interest in getting the three pack on top of that. So same with me. Yeah. I've got vipers and the, those weird, like whatever the, the recolorization or whatever they've done with them. Yeah. Are, I, it means nothing to me because I don't, did, were those colors they actually released in the line at some point? I don't know. I, I, I think they look, I think they look cool and I like the idea of like making one of them a commander and things like that, but I, the just wasn't like, it wasn't something where I was like, ooh, I need to get that three pack. So, yeah. Um, and then they had the O Ring Cobra Trooper two pack, uh, that they revealed. Oh, really cool. And that packaging that the bottom of that box is a weapons cache, which I thought was a tremendous idea. I wish they would do that with the classified figures. Yeah. Yeah. That would be cool. Yeah, but you get bazookas. There's a bazooka and a, um, Oh, uh, there were several pieces I saw. I know there was the old school bazooka, but then also, oh, what do you call it? The can, the one that sits on the ground like a cannon. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, a mortar. A mortar. mortar. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So there's things like that, extra weapons. I, basically, what they were saying was, hey, if you don't keep, if you open it and don't keep the box, make sure you keep that bottom piece because it is almost like a footlocker or weapons. Yeah. I think that's a really a really clever way to to get more yeah. accessories out there too. Yeah, for sure. Um, and then I think this was available for pre-order already. Uh, it's not one that I was looking to get, but I think it's amazing. Uh, was the Megatron Hiss Tank with O-Ring Baroness. Why did it take them that long to make it? I have no idea. <laughs> what a slam dunk. I'm not getting one. I don't have a place for it. Right. And it's 90 bucks. But man, what a great combination. It looks super cool. I agree. I think it looks amazing. Uh, yeah. Um, it, it's to proper scale for the three and three quarter. I love the fact that they're doing Baroness as an O-ring. I love that, you know, Megatron looks amazing. The Hiss tank looks like a Hiss tank when it's, tra- you know, when he's transformed into the full Hiss tank. Um, and, uh, yeah, I, I mean, if there was ever, again, it's the whole Star Joe's thing. If there was ever a, a figure that was Star Joe's, that's it right there. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I was very impressed with that. So, um, and then to get into, which I'm not a fan of these, but I know some people are, uh, they revealed some more reaction figures, which are going to be Joe reaction figures. Uh, there's a snake eyes, which I believe is like a commando snake eyes. 
It's like a like a light blue color or something. Well, though this is one. Oh no, uh, that was the chase. Never mind. Yeah, this this is a the dark blue. Then there's a Cobra Commander, a Baroness, a Firefly, a Flint, and a Roadblock. They're all coming out. So and they said troop builders as well, but they didn't say what the troop builder was. Okay. Yeah. So they'll probably be what they've been doing with the. Uh, uh, here's six versions of the same character with like. Here's the the blonde and the the brunette and here's the dark skin and light skin and yeah so so on yeah um and then we got uh, future releases for classified we got uh, to go over the cobra characters first we got uh, Zorana Doctor Mindbender uh, Crimson Guard and a uh, Python Patrol Viper um the <laughs> three of the four of those are pretty badass yeah I mean even the Python Patrol Viper is fine but Python Patrol is after I got out of it, so yeah. It's, 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 but the the Zorana, man, the colors on her look really good. They were spot on. The Crimson Guard because it's Crimson Guard, and Doctor Mindbender is Mindbender's like, amazing. Yeah, perfect yeah. in his in his cheesiness. Yeah. So yeah. Um, and I I had uh, all except for the Python Patrol Viper. I had all the other the other three as a kid. So yeah, the Crimson Guard looked amazing. Um, Zorana I had as a kid and like, yeah, she looks perfect, uh, for that character. I was afraid with her, especially that they would take it as a, a chance to like change her up quite a bit. And they really didn't like, she looks like Zorana and then Dr. Mindbender. Yeah, he is Dr. Mindbender through and through like they're, they didn't, he was one too, where I thought when I heard they were going to do possibly do Dr. Mindbender, he was one where I thought, Oh, are they going to go with like the, almost the Renegades version, which I think, I think was the Renegades version where he's in like the lab coat and everything else. But no, they went full on shirtless Dr. Mindbender with monocle and all that and a cape and everything. So I thought, I thought he looks fantastic. So, um, then we got the, uh, some Joes. We got Tiger Force Bazooka, Tiger Force Rakondo, Kamakura, and Eric, who was the fourth <laughs> one? Five Boy Dusty. <laughs> yeah, Dusty, finally. <laughs> finally. <laughs> I mean, I'm going to be honest, like, when I when I first got the photos of that, um, it gave me goosebumps. I was like, I cannot believe this is actually happening. And it looks, he looks right. Like, yeah. I mean, I don't think I could have asked for anything better than what they're giving me with Dusty. Yeah, no. And then the first question I asked was like, I can't see on the photos that say Tater or Rudad on his, uh, on his name badge. <laughs> Yeah. Because it's different depending on the comic or the cartoon, what his last name was. Right. It's the same thing reversed, yeah. but yeah, yeah. But the, the cartoon version of it. So yeah. Okay. But yeah, he he looks fantastic. Um, and uh, like you said, I'm I'm glad that we finally are getting him. Uh, he looks spot on. He's another one that I was afraid they could go different directions with him, and uh, they they went with very traditional look for him. Uh, Kamakura was a surprise. Uh, did not yeah, expect that surprise. One. Yeah, that, that's it, to me that I don't understand that choice at all because it's a character that was under the I almost call it the Diamond Dallas Page era, the Devil <laughs> Duke era, right? <laughs> DDP era is where I believe ah! the character came into. <laughs> Bang! <laughs> what? Bang! <laughs> you got to do the diamond cutting now. I, I am. You just can't see me. Okay. <laughs> I hope Travis, when he listens to it, automatically does it too. Um, 
I don't understand that. Why that character now? You need a ninja. But there's the, <laughs> I know there's like fifty. I know I know. But it's a cool character. I always like you know, Kamakura you know as a character. So I mean, I, I like the fact that they're making them. I always like I, said, I I was a big fan of of that character in the in the comics and stuff. Um, I am, but I was still surprised. Like even aside from like really liking that they did them, I was still shocked that they did them. So. Um, I, I just I question that one tremendously. Yeah, because I, I wonder how many people are gonna like. Well, who the hell is this? And you know, the ninja he'll sell. I don't know. <laughs> um, it's not like you can for more than five seconds anyway. Yeah, I was uh, excited for Tiger Force Bazooka only because I'm hoping that means that a regular bazooka is not far away. And um, and that's the reason why I'm t- yeah. excited for Tiger Force Rakondo because yeah. it means. There should be another like normal Rakondo who I really want. Yes. What was the what was the uh, GI Joe uh, spoof thing that they did? It was like Jungle Action Man or something like that, and he would tell stories on it was like little YouTube videos that they would do, and it was the Rakondo oh, figure. Oh, that action figure therapy. Action figure therapy. That's what it was. Yeah. 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 So I'm expecting a resurgence of that. That's a blast from the <laughs> past. Yeah. I don't think I've heard of it. Oh my god! Oh, go back. I can watch them; they're funny. Yeah, that's some good stuff. Especially the Rakondo ones. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, uh, I mean, and a lot more figures than I was expecting them to reveal. Like, yeah, I was, I I was expecting the Zorana Crimson Guard, uh, Dusty announcements. Yeah, and then I figured like. One or two more. Yeah. Um, but the fact that we got like seven characters is like, whoa. What? Well, eight. Eight characters. Eight? Yeah. There was, there was, uh, four Cobra and four, uh, Joes. I, we talked about this earlier. I really feel like, to their credit, Hasbro has really stepped up the quality of those pulse sessions. Agreed. I, I watched this one. I did fast forward. I didn't watch it in real time because it was a two hour yeah. deal, which is amazing that because they talked about the comics yes. and they talked about the card game and the board game coming out and they, and they had a rap song. They, 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 they had some, they had some side, they had some side tangents they didn't really need they to do. They had some other stuff, <laughs> but they also, they answered some questions. Yes. Look, they're never going to, they're never going to take their licks in public, but they did address the retro question which i was really glad to, that they did because I, of all this stuff i want that retro baroness yeah. i just i love that i love and they showed him in the package and the the gung-ho and that teal and green is like oh man those, those look so great they all look really good yeah I, you know again i'm not getting them i'm excited though that they look as good as they do and grub to your point you know you're getting Ricondo and bazooka regular sooner than later now that these others are out they of course they never mentioned oh these will be target only or that the retros are going to be at Walmart only, but I've already seen the tag at Walmart for the retros. Yeah. Which means they're going to be here sooner than later. I, I just, I felt like they, they've really stepped up the quality of those sessions. I don't necessarily like the digital renderings, but I also understand that's how you're going to get to see the stuff. Right. Right. If they didn't have it. You didn't have it. So I, I think we should be excited. I remember, you know, when they did the whole community deal, and I said back then they did more for GI Joe than anybody else did. Yeah. When they made that episode, 
Hasbro's taken this 40th anniversary of Real American Hero much more seriously. I don't think they they did a fairly good job of saying, hey, this this has been around a lot longer than that, but we're only talking about a raw here. We're not talking about yeah, yeah. Joe as a, as a yeah brand, right? Again, I just I think they. Oh, Overall, I, it was a, a, I, a good thing, and they did it and did a really nice job. Well, and to your point with the figures, I think that they have they've been listening. They really have listened with the because as they started off, there were some good figures and some bad figures, more bad than good in my opinion. And then as it went on, they really were listening to the fans and going like, "No, here's what we want," and they're like, "Okay," and they they've made them like. Some of these figures are some of the most impressive Joe figures I've ever seen. That uh, I am not a big Major Blood fan, but that Major Blood figure is one of the best oh, G- yeah. best GI Joe figures they've ever done of any scale. Um, so, um, so yeah, I'm 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 super excited. I I love what I'm seeing here. I loved uh, being able to see when they sh- they showed the. I think you commented on it, John, in text message that. Um, they showed the pictures of Tomex and Zamot in their pose, where they're bouncing, one's bouncing on the other one's head, yeah. and everything else. Um, that that was just cool. It was fun to see them. So, um, so I was wondering. I know I have a, a I don't want to say extensive, but I got a long list of my wish list. Uh, I'm curious though what what figures you'd like to see that are left out there that uh, that you'd like to see done as classified. Uh, now, now that we see the level that they're able to do these figures at, like John, uh, is there any on your wish list that you really want to see them do next? I really, really want rock and roll. Okay. In more of a green shirt. Either I mean, we got Breaker, and, yeah. and I was really happy with that. But I, I'd love to see rock and roll with NM60. Yeah. I'd really like to see Televiper. Okay. I think they they figured that out. They figured out these troop builders well. I, I just picked up a bat for Kevin Longman last week. That's a great looking figure. The Alley Vipers are not, that's the one new figure I've not found yet. Kevin, I'm still looking, but, uh, those look really, I mean, I've seen the pictures and they look great. You know, again, they, they, they just seem to have really figured out the sweet spot to yeah. what people want and, and they don't look goofy like some of those first. I remember those first handful, uh, they were just so, they just weren't great. Yeah. Anyway, they weren't horrible. They yeah. just weren't great. You're like Space Joe. Yeah. But no, I, I want, yeah, you know, me, I'm going to want the original stuff other than I know Televipers a little later. Really would love to see a Televiper. Snow Serpent. Yeah. There's, there's so many, man. Like, yeah. I, you know, yeah. put, put them all out there and see what happens. I mean, hell, yeah. we, we go, go to your store right now. What do you see? You're seeing the movie stuff. Right. That's really what is a Lady Jane Flint because they apparently really overproduced them for whatever reason. That wave with Cobra Commander, you yeah. see those. There's a handful of gung ho yep. sitting around, yep. but it's primarily the movie pieces. Yep, yep. And that's too bad because yep. I I don't want that to hurt the line. It doesn't seem to be right because they're cranking out more. Right, right. Grab how about for you? Uh, who would you like to see? Um, for me, two of the ones that I really want. They're doing Tiger Force versions. Of, Tiger, the Tiger Force versions, and that's Outback and Recondo. Mm-hmm. I want the normal versions of that. I really, really want a cover girl. Um, and I really want a snow job and a snow serpent and a cobra eel. Okay. Uh, those are the ones that are top of my list. Um, I actually got curious the, uh, I don't know if it was, 
I think it was last night, and I just started looking at, I went to yojo.com and was just looking at the figure releases for the first, I think really like 87 was probably the last year I had any figures from, so I've got a very small window. Yeah. And I started looking at a lot of these, and I'm like, okay, well, I don't know if we're ever going to see some of these characters get made, but, you know, there's, there's a bunch in here that I would love to see that, you know, I, I don't know. I mean, is they're going to make Kamakura, you yeah. know, which to me opens a line, well, why would you do that and not Helix? Yeah. You know, and I, and I wonder too, um, you know, if they're kind of, they seem to at least seem to be trying to get one female character in per wave, as it were. Yeah. And they're starting to run out. Like, I know you could go, oh, the female doc, and, but I'm going to be realistic. And if they're trying to focus on stuff that has existed already, you know, you've got Jinx, you've got Covergirl, and Helix. And those are the only three females that can, that pop into my head. Right. That have any real, like, they're going to make a doc as much as somebody might say make the female doc. More people are going to want original doc. And yeah, not yeah. their daughter. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Uh, but I still think that there's, you know, and I started trying to also think about the sublines. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, you had Python Patrol, Night Force, uh, Tiger Force, and like Slaughter's Marauders. Um, and I'm sure there are other ones, but most of those are much later on in the run. Yeah. They're not, yeah. they're not really. Um, so I don't, you know, if you get, I mean, what's next for Cobra after Python Patrol? And the answer is, I don't think anything, you know, give me a copperhead, you know, <laughs> something. And I really desperately want them to make some sort of small vehicle that isn't a motorcycle. You know, how hard is it to make a vamp? You make a vamp. You've got three. You got three things you can make: vamp mark one, vamp mark two, and the and the uh, the cobra was it a stinger? Stinger, yeah. You got three things you can make with that thing, and it's I can't imagine it'd be that much because I mean it'd be bigger. Well, and I even went through the I went through the ultimate GI Joe guide book and was even looking at some of the vehicles that they could make that are smaller vehicles. Um, obviously, you can do the Silver Mirage. You've already done motorcycle. Um, I personally want that one made. Um, but you could do the trouble bubble, like you mentioned. The vamp is a bit bigger, but you could still do it. Uh, but if you do the vamp, you can, like you said, you could do the, the stinger, you could do an awe striker, um, you know, you could do a claw, which in the video they showed a claw there that they just kind of made. And I'm like, it looks like a prototype to me. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, um, you could do the fan. You could do a jump pack too. Yeah, you could do a jump pack. You you're could gonna do, do a claw. You gotta do a jump pack. Yeah, for sure. Um, you could do the fang. You could do the ferret. You could do snake armor. You could do a shark. You could do the armadillo. Um, the skyhawk, devilfish. Um, the hiss. I don't know if hiss gets too big. That's the only thing. Because now you're talking. Now you're talking. Maybe something that's gonna be like a hundred dollars just for the for well, the vehicle. I so. think if it's something that size of the hiss. That's going to be HasLab. Yeah, probably. At some point, you know they're going to do something in the in the classified. Oh, I totally agree. I'm thinking of just retail stuff, though. Yeah, no, I totally agree that they definitely well, could do something. Is, is I like believe that. you put a fucking his tank on the shelves, regardless of what size. Is, that sucker's going to sell. I agree. You know, but stores. I don't know if stores <laughs> agree with that yet. Yeah, the stores don't want that size. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Well, and so. if it's seventy five or eighty bucks, it won't. Yeah. I mean, I think that's the. Hell, they got, well, I, I say that's so big. Have you seen that bat 
bat monster truck. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I haven't seen one in the store, but they're eighty dollars a pop, yeah. and people are buying them. Yep. And that thing's huge. Yep. I mean, it's for a seven-inch figure. It's big. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So on my short list, uh, I have quite a, a few, but I have a very, uh, as far as my immediate short list, Helix is on there. Uh, I am a big fan of that character. Um, Tunnel Rat's on there. Uh, Chuckles. Um, I want an Alpine, and and obviously I'm expected that we'll get a regular bazooka because I have to have Alpine and bazooka. Uh, Low Light is on my short list. Uh, Wetsuit. Um, and then I I want some of the Dreadnoughts. You know, I want at least Buzzer Ripper and Torch to come out. Um, I would love Monkey Wrench and Thrasher because I had both of them as kids. But if you do Thrasher, do you have to do the Thunder Machine? I mean. And again, you're talking to kind of a little bit bigger vehicle at that point. Um, and then I would love, especially because we've seen what they could do with the wolf, with timber, I would love a mutton junkyard and a law and order. Uh, I think they could do a fantastic job with both of those, and I would eat those up. That's the one thing I think that's been really hardcore rumored was the next uh, character with animal. And I was a little little surprised they didn't announce that. Yeah. Uh, at, at, with that, with the live stream. I mean, I, because you've had Timber and Snake Eyes and you've had Croc Master with the Croc. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, what else? I mean, Mutton Junkyard and Law and Order are the, the two that absolutely stick out to me. Yeah. Outside of that, it's like, okay, you Dusty version two with Sandstorm and this character had something and it, but there's not really a lot of, you know, whenever I assume at some point they're going to do a shipwreck, and I'm sure he's going to come with Polly. Yeah. You know, oh, yeah. like oh, so that's the that's honestly the one I'm surprised they have not done yet is they have not done shipwreck yet, and it blows my mind that they haven't done him yet. Okay with that? I'm not going to buy that one. <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm just. I'm just saying. I'm surprised that they haven't done him. I, I'm not saying like he's high on my list, but I'm just surprised that he hasn't been done yet. I think he's that's more just along the lines of for him of he's a very popular. Yeah. character yeah so why blow that blow all of your wad at the very early when you can drag it out a little bit more with you know pop him later down the line people ooh, you know a little more, a little more life <laughs> the one thing that made me laugh was when i was looking at my list and i'm like okay i, I want tunnel rat i want chuckles i want law and order i figured they're going to do jinx i'm like you do all those and you don't do big lob you better <laughs> like that just seems like a slap in the face <laughs> so yeah, they, are, they already did uh, um beachhead so right but yeah it's a slaughter but you're not going to get that yeah but I, I would say out of all of the figures that they could do like my top three that i want them to do are alpine low light and chuckles like those are my top three um and like then helix is kind of like my honorable mention after that but like my top three I, I definitely want alpine i definitely want low light and i definitely want a chuckles figure and chuckles has been teased for a little while i feel like, I feel like I've heard rumors of Chuckles for a while. So, um, so we'll see. But, um. I think it's more on the, on, because of the Cobra comic series a while back, I think he's higher on people's lists. But the, whoever it was that had the list that got to, uh, his tank about these are the characters that are coming on out, I think got it 100% correct. Yeah. Like, yeah. classified. Yeah. So, I'm curious to see if, if, if that dude leaks out some more info, yeah, what's 
list. I would not be uh, another character. I would not be surprised coming out even in the next wave after the ones we've just covered, uh, as far as like the ones that are actually being made. Um, I would not be surprised to see uh, General Hawk um, sometime very soon. So, um, and I don't think I would get it, but I know there's a huge fan base uh, that would love a Cobra Commander in his battle armor. So, um, the one I would want Cobra leader wise is I, I do want a Serpentor, but I want a Serpentor that comes with his chariot. Yeah, I feel like you have to. If you're going to do Serpentor, you have to do that. Yeah, I agree. And that's not really that large either. No, no. It's if you can do the motorcycle, you could do his chariot. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, I, like there's certain characters I think are are givens like that they could definitely do either because of stuff they've already done or stuff that. Like, I think rock and roll is a given. I think he's got to be on the short list that is probably likely to come out soon. Uh, same thing with Leatherneck. I think Leatherneck is a character you can easily do with the stuff they've already done so far. Um, I would not be the littlest surprised if we see a quick kick in the near future. Um, but he's one also that I feel like I'm afraid of how much they might change him. Um, and I think Snowjob could be really awesome. I would love to see a snow job. I just don't know because he, he, he would be coming with a lot of gear, but very likely. So I, I don't know how much, uh, how costly he would be to do as a figure. So how much gear major blood came with? That's true. That's true. Not, not really coming, you know, snow has got the backpack, yeah. skis, poles, and the gun. I would he love a whole lot. Yeah. I would love a yeah. wild bill, but then people are going to want a dragonfly. So like that could be very much a has lab. <laughs> project so um and then uh some later characters that i had written down this ones i think could be made uh falcon mainframe and dial tone i think all could be potentially easy ones for them to make so you gotta have mainframe made now that you got serana i mean come on right right absolutely so so that yeah that's that's everything um grub did you want to Briefly mention the the hotel. Yeah, um, the when the media stuff they they basically the the way the hotel works is they're they're claiming it's like a cruise. It's a two day cruise, so it's not something you can just stay at one night or a week or whatever. It is a two day. You have stuff to do. You go to. Disney's Hollywood Studios for like one day of that to go to Star Wars Land. Um, from what I watched of the media previews, basically they took a four-hour condensed thing for the media, and there was some cool stuff that was going on. But at the same time, like I'm looking at this, going, man, this is for as much money. I mean, this and it's also expensive. Yeah, it's very expensive. Let's not pretend it's not. Uh, I don't know what the actual cost. It's for, somebody said something was like eight hundred and something dollars per person per night. Effect. Yes. Yeah. So it ain't cheap for a two day thing if you got four people. You know. Right. <laughs> um, I think there's some interesting things in there. I don't know if it felt necessarily like Star Wars to me, but the night we're recording this is the first day they opened. Yeah. Two actual quote unquote cruises. So I think start, you know, in the next day or so, I think you'll start seeing a lot more 
information from people who have had a chance to actually do it, have an experience, full experience, yeah. see how it is. Yeah. Um, and it's one of these things too, where it looks to me like if you just want a hotel just to sleep in and, and chill and do nothing, this is not for you. You, you need to be invested in this. And, and I don't just mean monetarily. Yeah. Mentally. Uh, uh, and the first thing I'm looking at when I was watching one of the YouTubers we like, and I'm looking at like the characters, like there's a, there's a, a singer who's a Twi'lek and, uh, you know, almost every, you know, half the staff are quote unquote aliens. And I'm looking at it going, Oh my God, how much time do they sit in makeup? Oh yeah. Um, and then do they work two days on two days off? Like, how does this work? Because I mean, you basically got to be there all day <laughs> in character the whole time. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm, and I'm really curious to know how many different shifts of people they must have for this. Yeah. Because there's the captain of the ship. There's the singer. There's a, like a, a first order officer. There's, you know, there's a bunch of name specific characters that are involved in the story lines and everything is storyline driven yeah um and they're it's interesting and i don't know like like i would like to do it at some point probably but my wife's not going to give a shit right yeah that's that's kind of what it would be for me too like uh i think my wife would be excited for me but i don't think she would be really getting into it herself so like my kid i think would be into it but it's a lot of money for something that if you're not really invested in it, um, you know, it's going to feel like you're just pissing money down the drain. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, in some way to the comparison about like, well, if you, you know, if, if you took the amount of money it would cost you to do this for this vacation, you could fly to Disneyland Paris from the United States and then spend like (laughs) four days at Disneyland Paris, fly back and it would be cheaper still. Right. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. like, good Lord. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, but I am really curious to see how this is going to go. Yeah. Um, but it's just, it's a neat idea because I don't, no one's done anything like this before. Right. Uh, yeah. So like, will this lead to other things down the line or is it, will, will it turn out to be a failed experiment? So if this is successful, I could see Universal trying to do something similar with a Harry Potter situation. Oh, for sure. A hundred percent. Like there's a, there's a lot of like you could stay at Hogwarts castle. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you, so yeah. All right, gentlemen. Well, I think that, uh, I think we've shot our bolt for the, for the episode. And, uh, so Eric, how can people find you? Eric, you still there? He dropped out. Yeah. Voice cut out there. Okay. Well, we'll see if Eric comes back. John, how can people find you? <laughs> you can find me at uh, at John Thurmond on Twitter. My other show, the HR Social Hour Half Hour Podcast, is at hrsocialhourpodcast.podbean.com. Not to bring the room down too much, but this community has been here together for a long time now, and mm-hmm. we've gone through some good, and we've gone through some bad. I can remember when Ryan and Chuck and I all lost our jobs within weeks of each other. Yeah. And uh, unfortunately, we're, I'm dealing with loss now. Uh, many years where my mother passed on February 12th, rather suddenly. Uh, it's been a it's been a whirlwind, 
but I do want to thank everybody that has sent notes and encouragement, uh, texts and called. I really do appreciate that. And I feel, I feel the support and I, I, not to get maudlin, but I do appreciate it. And yeah, for those of you that aren't aware, my mother is the reason I'm a GI Joe fan. Yeah. Because she made sure when I got into the comic book with issue 18, she helped me go back and get every back issue and she paid $20 for a copy of issue two and said, I'll never spend this much money on a comic book again. And she never did, <laughs> but she made sure that I got the comics I wanted and uh, supported my uh, habit. Uh, <laughs> anyway, um, yeah. no, I just, I, it's, it's been, a, it's been pretty crazy getting old sucks. We all know that for many reasons, but, uh, anyway, I do want to say thanks to everybody that has, uh, that has reached out and, and, um, yeah. Yeah. That's all. Yeah. Hey, and, and that's the one big thing that we, we've talked about many times on the show is the, the connections that, that we've made because of this show. Like I, I wouldn't know you without doing this show. Uh, I wouldn't know Grub. I wouldn't, you know, there's a lot of people that I feel very close to that are my brothers probably for the rest of my life. Uh, that, uh, you know, it's a nice community, uh, that we've, we've built here. So, um, and we've all, we've all done it. Like I, Chuck and I may have started the show, but it's because of everybody else that the show has really continued and has become what it is as far as a community. So, um, so it's awesome. Uh, Eric did text saying he did have his internet explode on him. So, uh, <laughs> so he will not be back to close out, but I told him we're closing up anyways. Um, Speaking of community, one thing I wanted to mention because I com I completely forget about this every single time, and I don't mean to, um, is to check out our buddy Travis's podcast, uh, TV Toycast. They put out a new episode every Thursday. Um, I love listening to it, and that's not just because he's my friend. Uh, I actually really, really enjoy the episodes. They're a lot of fun. Um, it's it's really him and Breaker. Uh, uh, his friend Brian, that they do the show together. Uh, it's a T for Travis and B for Breaker. So it's TB Toycast. Uh, they, like I said, check it out. They do an episode every single week. It's usually about an hour to an hour and a half, somewhere in that range. And uh, they'll cover all different toy lines. And it's, it's all a, different, toy all lines. different toy lines, like stuff <laughs> I've never even heard of before. And I've heard of a lot of things. Uh, Battle Trolls was one of them, and they did Primal Force, which I remember Primal Force vaguely, but, uh, but yeah, it's really cool, and then they'll sometimes touch on things that weren't really a, like an action figure toy, but still a toy of sorts, so they've, they've covered, uh, Viewfinders, they've covered, uh, McDonald Happy Meal toys, and things like that, so, um, so check them out. Uh, they always give us a shout out, and I always mean to give a shout out, and then we get wrapped up in the episode, and the episode ends, and I go, Damn it, I forgot to mention Travis's show. <laughs> um, uh, and like I said, I truly do mean that I, I really do enjoy the show. It's not just because he's a friend that I'm mentioning it. Um, I, I really enjoy listening to his show every week. I'm a couple episodes behind because he does put it out weekly, and I don't get to listen to a lot of podcasts anymore. Uh, but uh, whenever I get a chance to get caught up, I his is the first show that I, I will listen to to get caught up on. So, so that's saying something because uh, I don't do that for everybody. So it is really worth checking out. Uh, as far as Star Joe's goes, uh, you, you found us already, but uh, you can email us at starjoespodcast at gmail.com. You can find us on uh, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. 
Uh, and you can also call and leave us a voicemail. It's 440-941-JOES, 440-941-J-O-E-S. And you can leave a voicemail. You heard us play a couple on this episode. Uh, we'll play them on the episode, and we'll respond to them. Uh, good, bad, or indifferent. So, uh, But with that, we'll go ahead and close the episode by saying the Force will be with you. Because knowing us is half the battle. Take care, everyone. Thank you.